What's going on, everybody? Cali Death Podcast back once again, episode 161. Happy New Year. I'm your host, Anthony Trapani, getting back on the saddle after a week not doing this. I feel like it's been forever, but I'm glad two weeks, uh, right? to be back. Huh? Is it, well, two yeah, two, a week oh, missing missed, one week, one episode, so technically yeah. two weeks since the last episode, but it feels weird, right? Every time we do those two-week breaks, then it's like, ah, oh, dude. It does feel weird. Do, how do I do this again? I like, I like it, it, though. It's like a little refresh. It's like a... Yeah, it just feels like a little... Sorry, I was talking about it. I think my uh, audio was fucking up. But uh, it's just like a little refresh. It's like, oh, yeah. This. Forgot about yeah. this. Yeah, <laughs> no, I know. It feels, it feels good. I'm sick of you guys, dude. Jesus. Let me uh, change your <laughs> mic settings. Casey, I think you're cutting out. Am I cutting out? Uh, going in that moment of oh shit, I don't have to do a podcast again this week. Kind of, it does feel good when that moment. Oh, I don't have to. I don't have to put myself out into publicly into the world for three hours plus for one yes. week. All right, sorry to burden you guys today. Then I know. Uh, <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I'm kind of well, well, yeah, yeah. If it sounds like I'm being <laughs> negative about it, I'm not. I love doing this. <laughs> no, it's funny. I re- I really want to do last week too. Yeah, I really like, like I was super looking forward to like to doing it last week and Casey's all nope, it's not going on. <laughs> I was excited about this week because I met we yeah, it's fine. We had the, the week off. But yeah, dude, I'm I'm your host, Anthony. I don't know if I already said that, but I'm with my resident homies here, Casey, Joel, and Joseph with me. And tonight we are joined by Kyle Schaefer of Fallujah. And uh archaeologist is mainly a solo thing, right? That started yeah. as a solo thing? Yeah, it's kind of gone through phases. Like I, I started it as a solo thing, and nowadays it's it's more or less a solo thing. Um, but there was like there have been times where it was a full live band, or I've had people like play on my albums, you know, like doing drums on the whole thing or like bass on the whole thing or whatever. Um so, so it's, you're at the helm, you're the, it's your brainchild, yeah. that type of deal. Yeah, exactly. Sick. Yeah, dude. A solid, solid kickoff for uh, the new year with you, dude. You're uh, you're a beast in many ways, dude. And, and dabbling around, you know, what you've been a part of this last week has been really cool. I mean, obviously, I've known about Fallujah for quite some time, which Imperion is still a beast. Like that record this week was a, a pleasure to uh, listen to once again. And uh, yeah, dude, just thank you for uh, kicking the new year off and kicking off another uh, 10 episodes. Well, why am I saying 10 episodes? But, you know, it's 161. It's starting off another section of the show. You know, we got 160 episodes behind this one. That's crazy. Yeah. And I've been watching for a while, too. Stoked to be here. Yeah, dude. We we had uh, met in person um at the cynic atheist show in santa cruz we probably were at a few shows together before and saw each other because you had been familiar to me at least maybe just seeing you online and shit too but i i I recognized you once i saw you and it was nice to meet you and experience that even though that vet hall isn't really made for that type of those types of bands i'm sure you had the same experience i did that night and i've probably cited that plenty of times on the show but yeah dude it was cool to meet you that night yeah, super stoked you, to uh, yeah. finally get you on the show dude oh yeah yeah that, that was a sick show too that i think an atheist one 
I was yeah, I was totally, like, dude. I mean, everybody was you know in the pocket and 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 professional, ready to go. It was just the sound of that place. That's all I'm going to say. Sure, it's just not. I, I didn't think it was that, that bad. I mean, I. I'm I guess I was too amazing, close to the you know, stage, but... dude. I was too close. Gotcha. Side note, uh, I think Atheist is doing like a one-off show in San Diego. I think it's February 3rd. I think that's the date. That's I saw that, yeah. Um, that's cool. Yeah, I yeah can I'll be there. Hear Casey. What's up? Yeah, Casey should go up a little still. Oh, can you hear me now? Hello, hello? Yeah. Still a little um, quiet, but <laughs> what were you going to say, Joseph? Oh, oh yeah i'll be at that atheist show i hope in uh san diego that they're playing like a one-off u.s show before they go tour with cryptopsy in europe or whatever so oh okay that's cool Cool news Dude, i haven't kelly seen it so nice. i met kelly for the first time that night and i had like um i mean i had i had never had any interaction with him at all whatsoever before that met him for like literally two seconds on the bus and like just like oh hey i'm kyle blah 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 and like i've I mean, I, I wouldn't remember that interaction if I were him. You know, I mean, it was like, it was so short. We didn't even talk about anything. But then he like remembered and hit me up and stuff. He's like, oh, it was cool to meet you, brother. I'm like, damn, you remember that? And he was being all, being all cool and shit. And I'm like, oh, what, what a real dude. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, I, think I, can, I can't hear you. Being, oh, muted. My, my funny uh, Kelly experience was uh, like doing the full podcast with them and then like, <laughs> At the suffocation uh, atheist show, just being like, "What's up, dude? How's it going?" He's like, "Hey, nice to meet you. How's it going? Oh, how's it going? I'm gonna have a good show." He's like, "Fuck yeah, cool." Opposite. Yeah. Well, I, I, I love how you just left it at that too. Well, I met him. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember. And you disappeared. Into no, the I, I'm not gonna. I don't care if that people don't remember. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, I don't totally. expect him. He smoked a uh, lot of weed, and I I have two in my younger years, so I understand like memory. Like then there's people coming up to him every show. It's like he's yeah. fucking toured since we were in diapers so it's like all the people he has so to Kyle stands with. out is what you're saying <laughs> well the other thing though too is it's, yeah, uh, it's, it's i feel like it's weirder meeting people online first too you know it's mm -hmm. like there have been times where there's yeah. somebody i'm like facebook friends with for years and then i see them in person i don't recognize them i'm like oh you look a little bit different from your profile picture and i have no idea who you are now <laughs> you know right totally yeah. definitely i mean even you probably grew your hair since the last time i saw you but you do look a little bit different than i remember you in person <laughs> so it's vice yeah. versa you know like yeah. same thing yeah, with yeah. kelly like seeing kelly the first time at the same show that joel's talking about i actually kind of bitched out i had a chance yeah, to you get catfished i was just thinking that that's great to say it and then uh, the second time at that show, actually at the vet halls, when uh, I finally was forced to talk to him because I was on the bus and he, you know, we finally had a face to face like, hey, dude, fuck yeah, dude. I had a great time, you know. Well, now two times he's been on the show. So post that tour, right? He was, yeah, it was after that tour. No, yeah, back, dude. I mean, We're, Kyle's to Kyle's like at every show I've been to in the last. <laughs> like seven shows i mean you just moved to nashville yeah not anymore like before, though i was gonna say <laughs> yeah oh, yeah but i mean before that i would i would constantly see you and be like oh what up dude was, like i'm like you just be chilling like at, you're like a the cool thing is like you're like an actual like gnarly fan of live music like you're going to all you were i mean nashville's gonna get still a bunch of shows too and they always have obviously one of the live mu music capitals of the world but um every show i decide to go to like i would just be like, oh What's up, Kyle? What's going on? Like, you know, we were just always just the obscure shows that I would think that not that many people would go to. Like, I would be like, oh, Kyle's here. Fuck yeah, that's awesome. Oh, thanks, man. Like, yeah, I try. You know, I, I think especially like in the last year or so, like I, I was mm -hmm. definitely going out of my way to catch as many shows as I could. You know, it's like, um, 
even before moving out of the Bay Area. You know, it's like shows that normally maybe I would have been like, yeah, I'll catch them next time. I'm like, now's your chance. You know, you're playing mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. your house. Better go out and see everybody. So, yeah, I, I feel like. Post-pandemic, too. Post-pandemic, yeah, really and that, like. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of a just to catch up and hurry up and all the shows that you'd missed, you know, it's and everyone decided to go on tour kind of like within a few months time. It felt like it was just like looking back at the shows I went to last year. I was like, oh, my God, I went to so many shows because I had so, so much hype during the pandemic that I was like, oh, this band's playing. And then like all that shit gets canceled and then live music opens up again. And I'm just like, oh, everyone decided to tour. Uh, within the three months of each other and so it was just yeah. weekly two shows a week or something you know but that was how we rolled when it was pound shows and other types of shit i'd go to the pound multi like the full month i remember there'd be months where we go every single week dude yeah and and i mean so you kind of were reliving the the younger days of hitting all those different shows in the bay and shit Kyle, um, so you grew up, you were born in the Bay, huh? Yeah, yeah, in San Jose. Yeah, so I um, lived in the Bay my whole life, except for during college. I uh, went to school in San Luis Obispo, which is not that far. You know, it's like three hours away. Um, so this is my first time ever like living out of state anywhere. Okay. How's that going? How long have you been out? Um, it's been like pretty much exactly a month now. Oh, damn. Yeah. Yeah, how, so was, that, I, how was that transition, I'm, though? I mean, I'm, I'm very interested to... I mean, I've moved two hour, two and a half hours away before, but I've never moved out of state where, I mean, luckily you have people that you know already that are moving, um, like you're, you know, Scott's car stairs is moving there. Um, you got Entheos. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, Scott, I know we we were talking for a second before we went live, but, um, yeah, Scott, Scott here today. So literally, I mean, an hour ago I was over at his house helping to move in and, uh, he's over here for a second. So, and his place is like, it's less than five minutes away (laughs) from my house. It's like. It's There's like an obvious drive. metal exodus that's happening to Nashville right now. Yeah. Kind of similar to the comedy thing to Austin. Like, yeah. There's, there's like a new um, beacon that is, you know, erected and it's starting to expand and, and attract. And I think that's I'm cool. Not expanding. I mean, My weight's expanding, but don't stop looking at me. <laughs> yeah. He's. Uh, <laughs> That is your metaphor, if you want to. Joel expanding. <laughs> He's he is Nashville, eating all that barbecue, uh, <laughs> in that Waffle House. Yeah, the, oh, yeah, Waffle House, dude. I actually miss Waffle House. Anytime it gets referenced, even though it's fucking, you know, it's average. I've never, I've never missed it. I, dude, I, I, I like it. it it's Those new to me. Some, I love it. That was some serious savior type shit when we hit a Waffle I mean, House late night. on a tour i love it that's Absolutely. what i'm saying well yeah, that's why like every, if that's i lived why, next uh, to one i'd probably man. hit it like <laughs> maybe that's why i miss it too is because it gets some of that you know tour nostalgia whipped into them fucking hash browns and mashed potatoes and i do kind of think that what about go ahead go, go ahead joseph Terrible. what was what was the... i'm trying to remember we ate at a fast food restaurant in nashville like two nights in a row that like stays open until three o'clock in the morning uh, trying to remember the name McDonald's? of it. Yeah, that was it. No, um, I'm hoping Kyle would remember off the top of his head. Otherwise, I'm gonna have to look it up or something. What, what, what kind but of fast food? Like the burgers and stuff. It was like a long menu. It could get is it cookout? Burger, 
cookout. That was it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I, I haven't even been there. I've, I've only had cookout described to me, but um, it sounds like what you're describing. <laughs> it is. It is like the perfect thing for being done with your show and it's two in the morning and you think you have no options except suddenly there's a menu of like anything you want. So yeah, so yeah, like a, a mob of dudes can roll in and get whatever they personally want at that moment. Speaking of a mob of dudes, uh, when last time I was there, I'm not last time, maybe the time before was Whitechapel and, and Ben took me out to five guys and that wasn't a thing in California yet. And I was mm -hmm. like, I was like, oh my God, this is fucking awesome. You guys gotta check out five guys. And like like Ben was like, This is my favorite fucking place to go to. It was like right on the the music strip of Nashville. And it was fucking awesome. And then we got one and then it closed. Pretty fire. They got like a nice season fry. The last right? the last time you brought up five guys in the podcast, we had five guys in the podcast, and now we do <laughs> five again. Five five guys. Guys. Kind of random, Joel. Yeah, for us. <laughs> yeah, I'm very observant. Yeah. But uh but yeah, I but, just going off like Anthony's original question about you going to Nashville and everything and all the, the metal scene there, like obviously it's like more affordable than California. That's why it's attracted like half of the tech death scene of Santa Cruz in the Bay Area within like a few yeah. years. Um I guess Mark Lewis as a producer's out there. That's correct. Yeah. Um and then with Inferi being based there, that's kind of Artisan Era, which is not Fallujah, but a lot of bands that are kind of similar to Fallujah. Um, so, yeah, I could. I mean, is when Artisan I was there, Era based out there too? Yeah. Isn't it? That's what because we're of pretty Malcolm much. Yeah, because Malcolm and Mike are both out here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And just, just, just when I toured there last, you know, in, in June, uh, we had Naveen and Chaney come out. We had Ben Towles from. Uh, Gray Lotus. Yeah, yeah I saw Ben like last week. Yeah, yeah, and it was just like all of a sudden we we're hanging out with a bunch of friends, some who I just met that year because like when Gray Lotus came through, or others, you know, like like Naveen and Cheney, people I knew who had just moved out there. And I don't know, I'm I'm for the like the the connection, not like a whole. There's another place that's detached, but like some sort of connection. Totally, to the totally. Yeah. yeah, I yeah, I'm just saying, yeah, it's I. I think the way I described it still works with that though. It's like another beacon of yeah, yeah, attraction yeah, yeah. in this. I do. I blame. I blame Naveen and Chaney for. I mean, for the exodus for a lot of it because I literally. I mean, today Naveen said move to Nashville. Like I think they're, they're like they, they once they decided to make that move out there, they were like we're gonna try to get everyone to fucking move out there. They were like they were trying to rogan everyone. Be like we're gonna, which is awesome. I mean, I I get why it's cheaper, music capital. Like, you know, there's more opportunity if more bands go there. Like, it's, um, What's I do the think. weed laws over in Nashville? Death penalty uh, or yeah, something no, like that. Yeah, no, not an unlaw yet. Yeah, no weed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> super, super illegal here. But you can get a house for like, <laughs> get a house for like 20 bucks, though. Yeah. <laughs> Our, ours was like 25. Your trees. No, 25 bucks. Yeah. Well, damn. <laughs> on the higher side. Okay. It's like a, Shit. it's like a twomp. I don't know. What do you call it? A, a quarter. I don't know. What do you, a quarter eighth? What, what do you call that? A quarter eighth. Oh yeah. Let me get a sixteenth, bro. Let me get a. What? Let me get a thirty second. Let me get a seventeen seven sixteenths. Um, <laughs> I haven't heard of a twomp in so long. That was just twenty dollars a twomp, week. Twomp, bro. You're old, young enough or old enough to catch that lingo, dude. That's what we used to call it. Twenty dollar oh, bag. Yeah. Twenty dollar bag. So rest. Twenty dollar bag was a gram, dude. Rest in peace, Ricky. Says rest in peace, 
rest in peace, Cali death, Nashville death is in. Well, the uh-huh. whole point of this podcast is the death of Cali. We're actually starting. We're, we're, it'll be it's our, all about us all moving podcast. outside. This is the Nashville yeah. life yeah. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Na- Nashville life podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, in reality, I, yeah. I, I would think that in 2024, we're going to talk to quite a few people that live in Nashville, if that's the case, you know, because I'd like to talk to scott again i'd like to talk to you know naveen and cheney again get their perspective i think you could that probably get evan on here what oh evan that, I, that, that, evan. Jesus. <laughs> I love it um, but getting that perspective oh, too from leaving california and the bay area specifically santa cruz area and getting to nashville and, and experiencing Nash that yeah, we're gonna, oh, gonna want to know about that this year now that people yeah. have been yeah. doing it for a little bit and experiencing it and Dude, for the record just... i love the bay area like i know some people are like oh california sucks like get out of here you know like i, I still love it there it's just um yeah, you I can't really buy a house especially not with like um the job i've had for the last nine years they were like kind of letting me tour fallujah but it was clear that it wasn't like a permanently sustainable thing you know to where um yeah like, i don't know how much longer i could have done it but it wasn't going to be forever it's like okay well is it smart for us to try to buy something here if i'm going to like leave my job one of these days for staying in the band it's like no let's just go somewhere where we can um and where we, we still know people there's still a music scene it's like a nice place to live it's not super isolated or anything um but we can mm-hmm. like actually afford to live here so yeah sense. i mean one thing i actually said actually when uh, naveen asked about uh moved to nashville or whatever i was like the second the day i moved there is gonna be a fucking tornado I just know. Oh, wait, it's we, we had a, we had a tornado less than a week after we got here. That's right. That's and it, right. Yeah, and yeah, it was like a big crazy thing. Like we just got um, like I've never been in a like tornado zone before. You know, what a, what a welcoming. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah right, <laughs> like yeah. it didn't like hit our house, but thought it, it, it was cheap, huh? like everybody talks about california and their prices it's like yeah dude but we don't have to deal with fucking but you got a, and well, tornadoes you know, and we had a brutal hurricane earthquakes <laughs> well yeah they, yeah, they think earthquakes. Earthquakes the same way we think of tornadoes they're like Damn, yeah, yeah no totally dying all the time yeah. from earthquakes you know i mean yeah, there is a volcano that if it erupts we're all gonna be dead so i mean I mean, but also too, it's like it's you got to time it right. You got to time the earthquake to tornado ratio. So like, you got to leave before the big one. Like that's gonna hit here. Which I've, I used to work next to the seismology lab in uh, downtown Sacramento, and I would just like ask him like, when's the big, when's the thing coming? He's like, there's a ninety three percent chance it's coming in the next twenty five years. And I was like, oh, uh, and that was that was like six years ago. So um, you know, like it's. But also, like th- those are terrifying, and hopefully, do they have we have a bunch of small ones instead of one big one? But um, yeah, tornadoes are for Californians, like you said, are very that's our nightmare. I have fucking nightmares about literal night- nightmares about tornadoes chasing me, and <laughs> I'm sure like there's Nashville people that are like, oh, earthquake nightmares or something. You know? It's kind of like a, <laughs> it's like a mythological out. thing. You should check out some, some, some thing called therapy, dude. I went to therapy today. Actually, it's pretty funny. I mean, did somebody like spin you around as a kid, and that like messed you up? Yeah, get used to the tornadoes, dude. And and Naveen and Shane are gonna have to get used to the tornadoes. Talking to the Australians about the crazy animals and creatures, they're just like, "Oh, dude, you just stay away from those." And so we're thinking about crazy creatures while they're thinking about earthquakes, and everybody's thinking about the natural disasters that they don't have to actually experience in their life. 
Yeah. It's funny, you but, just said natural disasters, but it sounded like you said Nashville disasters. Nashville disasters is what I thought. Oh, Nash- yeah. Nashville disasters. <laughs> I heard Nashville disasters. Maybe oh, I did, dude. dude. Play it back. Let's get some analysis on it. Dude, the, the tornado was pretty bad, though, honestly. Yeah, like, it did. didn't hit our, like, block or anything, but there's spots, like, less than two miles away from my house where there's, like, big-ass trees uprooted and, like, signs blown down and, like, power lines down and stuff. It was pretty gnarly. Yeah. No, we I didn't realize up. how close it was coming while it was happening either. It was the next morning. We're like, damn, this actually came like, yeah. pretty much in our neighborhood. No, I hit up Cheney and Navina like the next because I heard about that mm-hmm. and I was like, because they were like, oh, move to Nashville. They said it would be great, right? Like, I was, yeah. I was, <laughs> but I was like, are you guys okay first? Because people were marking themselves safe in Nashville that I knew. And I was like, oh shit, what the fuck happened? And uh, looked it up and they were like, it came fucking close. <laughs> like, yeah. it was pretty close. And I was like, holy shit, dude. Like, it's not too common there. either. They they said they had a similar incident like two years ago with like like serious tornadoes, you know, through Hendersonville, which is the city where we live. Um, but yeah, it's not like it's not yearly. It's not that common. It's like a pretty big. Do you have a shelter? House. Do you have a shelter? No, no, yeah, no basement or anything in our house. We just okay. we just go downstairs into I don't know somewhere more protected. Yeah, because that's like a common thing out there, right? People have like little mm. tornado bunkers kind of thing that's like a normal thing they build in their house right right yeah it's not really necessarily we're literally like showing our oh dude you want to leave california dude well (laughs) you will die you you were born in san jose dude i mean it was nice it was you know 45 minutes from san francisco you know now you gotta deal with tornadoes dude and you don't have a show dude (laughs) get a tough tough show Yeah, we pay a lot of money to avoid tornadoes out here. But then but then we have the wildfires and then we have the earthquakes. We have we have scary stuff too. It's not is there anywhere that's safe in America that's like safe from everything? I don't know. What's the safest like natural disaster spot in America? I wonder where that would be. Like pinpoint where tornadoes aren't hitting and earthquakes aren't vibrating and then it's like super cold or something <laughs> like north dakota or they have tornadoes but like oh we've been in a fucking then, gnarly tornado storm i guess in, you're in right Fargo. they do have them up there yeah, <laughs> dude side question murdoch have you ever been seen a hunts huntsman spider since you've been down under oh and have you chat? talked to dive dive is that how you're supposed Washington. to say dive dive highly Dive Island. I, <laughs> I nailed it. Nope. 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 Hasn't seen a huntsman um, yet. Dude, those things are in my nightmares. So uh I wanna I wanna kick off the interviews type questions. <laughs> oh yeah, we haven't really done that yet, dude. What's your favorite color? I'm just kidding. <laughs> exactly. Uh so so you put out a re-release of a old archaeologist EP, and that's your latest uh release. Right, Kyle? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I put that out right at the end of December. Um, and that was on the like down to the exact day on the 10-year anniversary of my first archaeologist EP, the volume one EP. Hell yeah, I, I checked it out. It sounds great. The new re-release of it with the remix. Thanks, so, man. Yeah. Yeah, so uh yeah, man. Yeah. I was gonna say I wanted to pull out a couple of the tracks that I connected with like uh seafoam and wayfinder those songs wayfinder in... was the one that was like canvas solaris feeling to oh, me sick. Bit, right you know yeah i i got like it's so many different vibes from this album dude i mean you, you get 20 tracks to 
to dabble in. And it's, I actually want you to explain, you know, I read up on how the album came together and all that kind of stuff, but I'd like to hear you explain. Um, so you, no song took more than a day to record or write and record. Um, for a lot of them. Yeah. So that's, uh, that didn't hold true for the whole album. That is how I started it. Yeah. And so that album, the instrumental one, um, called elements, that's my newest, like proper release from archeologists, not counting the like 10 year remix for volume one. Um, and mm -hmm. so, yeah, that one started with, um, I wasn't trying to make an album actually when I started working on it, I started making those songs because I had sort of, um, set up a new mix template in logic. Like I, I hadn't written or recorded anything for a minute when I started working on that. And I just sort of redoing, I got some gear, um, revamped a bunch of stuff in my audio setup. I was like, okay, I've got this cool new template now. Let's like do something to test it out. So I just um, wrote a short piece of music in a day. You know, it was like under two minutes long. Um, that's the song Stratosphere. It's on the album. It ended up being extended a little bit for the album version. But um, and I made that awesome. in a day to test out the mix uh, template. Um, and, you know, I was like, well, yeah, it's, you know, the mix sounds good. That's cool. But also like, damn, I just tricked myself into like writing a song in a day. That's sick. Like I, I never do that. I hadn't done that in like years at that point. Mm -hmm. um, so I was like, damn, that was like really fun and productive out of nowhere. And so the next day I did the same thing and just, I was like, I'm going to sit down and just try to make another song in a day. And so, um, I did five songs like that in one week, you know, like not quite one every day, but, um, I mean, I get five days that week. I like made a song. Yeah. Um, and so then at that point I was like, shit, like now I've got, you know, a handful of songs, they're all short, but it's, um, you know, it's like, if I kept doing this, I could have a full album. So of course, with my logic, I was like, like, well, these five took one week. So, you know, um, in, in three weeks I could have 20 of these short songs, which is enough for, you know, like a full length that adds up to like about 40 minutes of music with the length I was doing. So I, I told myself, I was like, I could finish an album in a month. That's cool. And then like three years later, I finally finished the album. <laughs> that's just, <laughs> just how it goes. And I started that before I got hit up by Fallujah too. So like, that was a big, I mean, I don't want to call it a setback, <laughs> you know, but like that, uh, I had other stuff come up before I was able to like finish those songs too. But yeah, yeah so, so it kind of started like that. And um, uh, part of the idea for, for me too is like, normally I write stuff in Guitar Pro and that's always been my process. I like to really like uh, map it out and do a lot of editing and, be really conscious about all the layers and stuff, write all the drums in Guitar Pro too. Um, but I, I couldn't really make music as quickly by doing that. And so for those songs, I was just like writing like in dot, like in logic, which you know a lot of people do that. That was new to me. Um, and I found that that kind of forced me to be a little bit more spontaneous and kind of have more fun with it too. And so that was sort of my mission for the project was keep that vibe going where it's like, um, just move quickly, don't second guess myself too much. Kind of anything goes you know especially when you have so many tracks like you don't have to worry about some of them um like sticking out a little bit i'm like there's they all stick out you know there's all kinds of variety on there so it's you kind of get away with whatever um but i will say that by by the end of the process like at some point i set myself as um like i wanted to do 20 songs i just thought that would be cool it's like a lot to look at but it would add up to a full length um but yeah. i'll say that by the time i finished that like the last couple i was totally back to my old habits <laughs> where i'm still like okay now i'm spending weeks on a track you know and like thinking too hard about it but still got it done in the end <laughs> do you think it's healthy for you like to to write and release something quickly rather than write some stuff and then you know criticize it and, and take a while to kind of like constantly change things 
Um, sometimes, yeah, like in a perfect world, sure, but it's it's also hard and kind of unrealistic to hold yourself to that all the time. I think, like, um, I, I try not to beat myself up about um, like missing my own made up deadlines or whatever, or like going back on stuff. Um, so it, it depends. Like, ideally, yeah, but sometimes it just ends up not being realistic to do that, especially when you're working with other people, um, just because it's like by the nature of just working around everybody's different schedules and getting input from everybody and having to agree on things, you know, it's, mm. it's a lot harder to get things done quickly like that. But I, I, there are things I enjoy about working with people for sure too, but it's just speaking of uh back to old habits, Anthony, um, I was, since Kyle's watched the show before, I was going to think of just instead of like saying the question that you asked to start the podcast, kind of just be mm. like question. Harold, the question. We've already <laughs> done. <laughs> no, I mean we don't have to do it like that. I we already kind of know where we can start just from. Play, just just play the song "Question" by Severed Savior, and then oh, after, and then he answers. What's up, bro? Question. <laughs> no, question. Do the whole the song now. Off. It's just the count off in the in the beginning of the question. You get a a three count, and then you have to start answering. And what, what, uh, real quick, I want to add, um, uh, you know, Battle Force Cards Coffee. Uh, oh uh, yeah, we didn't even do that, dude. Wow, man, been, I told you we did, we forgot how to do this thing. We barely remembered. It. Okay, BattleForgeCoffee.com, dude. Always at the top in the plugs, but you guys know always. about it. It's, it's in the sick, top. Dude. Those are that's the that's where we want you to go get your uh, coffee and shit. And fuck, uh, I don't say that anthony generator rehearsal studios.com i was gonna say fuck cali death but i almost said fuck generator rehearsal studios. <laughs> that's a good one dude. <laughs> what are you even talking about that's, that's oh, yeah i probably was saying something like that like what dude like generator rehearsal studios.com hit that up socal area you if you can get to oceanside in a decent amount of time that's where you need to go to go jam with dreamer dude is that where they're at right now? Or are we just I'm giving just... Dreamer a quick little plug? Actually, funny story. Um, we <clears throat> actually invited Kyle to be the vocalist of Dreamer, not knowing he had already become the vocalist of Fallujah. <laughs> I, I remember that, dude. Fallujah. That was, that, that was yeah. after I started working with Fallujah before it was announced, like in that exactly. like, really long phase. And I, I was almost a little bit bummed too because I, I really like the music. Like I checked it out, I was like, "Damn, this is like actually very much up my alley in terms of the music." But it's like it's also not smart for me to commit to like another whole thing right now. Yeah, I was like, I'm sure there's a great band that he uh, joined, and then I was looking at your recent vocal covers, and I'm like, he's doing a couple <laughs> Fallujah songs. I covers, bet it's Fallujah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we, I figured that one out. I was really proud of myself, but uh, <laughs> I, I remember. Yeah, yeah. That was, it was. It was. It was really cool though, and like at the time, I felt like you were. I mean, you still are, but you were very, very active, posting a ton of material, and I could just tell that you were in like a really, really strong place creatively, and so just to like kind of meet you in that era was was a cool time and then i remember just going back the time you went up with ontogeny and did like uh the mashuga cover live oh, yeah, that i yeah. saw jesus i think that was my first time actually seeing you perform um Dude, that that was my so first just, time ever like holding a mic on stage without a guitar like the first time like doing the like vocalist frontman type of thing and just for that one song cover, but i remember yeah, that was the first time i ever did that <laughs> 
it was sick as fuck. And I was like, this, this, this guy's going places. And I mean, it happened. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Shout out to um, Ontogeny. Fuck yeah. Shout out to Ontogeny. Shout Always out folks. to yeah, Chris Davis, who became the dreamer list and, uh, is doing a, is doing a great job for us. So yeah. we're all happy. And, uh, Dude, yeah, I just want to second Empyrean being a great release. And uh, mm-hmm. now with, I guess I didn't realize it was three-fourths of Fallujah based in Nashville because I forgot about Evan. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess, can you tell us a little bit about what, what you guys are doing? I know you're writing another album right now. How's that going? Yeah, it's going good. That's um, that's like by far the main focus right now. Like we, we have some plans for next year as far as tours and stuff, but um, we're on like, like you're actually catching me on like the last day before the like real album crunch time starts because we're we're on a insane schedule as far as like when we committed to have the album being mixed in March and it, it would be very hard to reschedule that um, and we are like by normal standards like not on track for that like I think we'll get it done um, but yeah it's like I've I've never I've never done the remaining amount of work we've got in that amount of time but um, yeah we'll we'll get something done. <laughs> And it's, it's actually very good that Scott's coming out here too, because like the sessions I've had with Scott working on the album together in the same room have been very productive every time. And I think that's going to be actually like a critical part of getting this album done on time. That's awesome. Yeah, I feel like rad. you and Scott have like a, a cool connection with writing. I could just tell via Instagram or whatever I see is like you guys working, like going to a cabin or something and like jamming and, and you guys like coming out with a lot of stuff together. And I feel like it's a, it's more of a statement, not a question room. But it's a it's a really good uh, mix of what you're, you. I can tell that you and Scott are like uh, really vibing, in, in the writing process and that. And um, on that, so how do you guys? You know, Scott's like obviously like a prolific guitar player, um, and you're a great guitar player too. I I've been watching your videos for a while, like like Joseph too, and like, well, damn, this guy can fucking play guitar too. God damn, I get mad when people can do two <laughs> things that are good. Um, <laughs> but uh. And Casey's had to hear a lot of it, but uh, no. Um, how was it writing with him? Like what Anthony? Like when I have to fucking write guitar, wish you were here covers with Anthony. Um, but no, how was it? How was it working with him? Is it like how do how do you guys vibe? Like what what are you guys' styles? Like how do you guys introduce something? How do you work on something? How does that work? Yeah, thanks, man. Um, yeah, I, I feel like we work together really well, honestly, because that's uh, like so. I guess first of all, backtracking a little bit, like um, when I joined Fallujah. Uh, we were already the band was already working on Empyrean, and so like the instrumentals were pretty much there. It's like they weren't, um, they were still just demos, but it's like the song structures and riffs were all set. They're really missing something, but it was, um, it was kind of okay, these are the songs, and now you know, we're going to work on vocals. And there were some songs too that Scott had like ideas for the vocals already, as far as like phrasing. There were songs where he had like concepts, and I was like, you know, like on Empyrean, there were some songs where I came in and wrote. All my own parts just doing my own thing but there are other songs where i'm like uh working around the idea scott already had and stuff like that so it was um it was kind of like it felt like i came in to help finish the project on that one uh but on this album we're really starting it together from scratch so it's it kind of cool that this time we got to spend a lot of time just really talking about like big picture album stuff it's like what's our what are our goals with this what do we want to try to do like what are the main bands we're looking to for inspiration you know we're just like listening to music together and just like taking mental notes like like you listen to um, like Autotheism by the Faces was a big one. You'd like listen to that, and like when there's a really sick moment, we're like, "Damn, this moment's really cool." Like we need something like that on the album. Um, so we got to really uh, collaborate from like the much earlier conceptual stages this time. That's and, really cool. Uh, 
Yeah, and and as far as like being together and actually working on songs, um, I, I think the reason it works well is because I mean, you know, like I'm I'm not playing guitar on the new stuff. It's obviously like Scott's the guitar guy and doesn't need help with that. But he does like having somebody there to bounce ideas off of. Like that's just how he likes to work. Like, um, you know, a lot of people prefer sort of working in solitude, you know. But he he really does prefer having somebody there to like, like he actually wants feedback on stuff that he's doing. Um, and I think part of that too is because like, like when, when we're writing stuff, he'll throw on like a drum loop, you know, just um, something to kind of jam over. He'll just jam over it, start coming up with stuff. And sometimes he'll be like in the middle of that. He's in the zone of just like, yeah, make up whatever stuff. And I have to stop him. I'm like, dude, what was that thing you just did? Like, that was, that was insane. Yeah. Like, stop. Like, don't forget <laughs> that thing you just did. Like, write that down. All um, right. And so it's, actually that's more, that's, that's, yeah. You want to bounce ideas off of people, but also you want some people to catch some things that you just gloss over as somebody who's in a, a moment of, uh, you know, when they might not know peaceful. they're in the moment. They might not know they're they're in that moment. And you catch them in it. You know that's cool. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. obviously, you can just record everything you do if you don't have somebody to be there, but somebody to be like in that mo specific moment because, yeah, you if you were to listen to your recording later on, it might not bring up the same energy that you were feeling at that time you created something right there. So <laughs> if somebody's right there to say, "Hey, no, pay attention to what you just did." And you you might be able to expand on something right then and there with the with the that energy popping, you know. Yeah, yeah. Or sometimes it's just like details of it. Like he'll be um, trying to come up with a lead over a section, and like you know maybe he's he's still kind of trying out ideas. Like it's not real solid yet, but um, I can kind of be there to point out like, dude, the way you like went into that line was really sick. That like bend at the beginning. You know, and he's, he's like, what, what did I do? And I have to like describe it to him. Like you did this thing that was like this and we'll go back. He's like, Oh yeah, that is sick. We'll do that. You know? So kind of there to mm -hmm. catch stuff like that. And um, we also talk about song structures a lot while we're writing. That's, that's actually like the first thing. Like I've, I've realized that I don't usually think of songwriting like that. Like I'll usually start with, um, I'll, I'll get my riffs pretty solid before I'm like using them as pieces to build the song. Um, but Scott mm -hmm. really likes to work from like a song structure standpoint primarily. So like he'll leave parts like um be like, oh here there's gonna be a riff kind of like this, you know, like here's like the rough version of it. And the final version of that riff may not even resemble it that much, but it's like the point is like, oh it goes to a heavy part here. And then there's then there's a clean part and like yeah we'll figure out the exact chords later, but something kind of like this. Until we have it mapped and then it's like you kind of replace those um you know that the parts that felt like placeholders you kind of go back and replace those. But not something we're done a lot, but it's starting to make more sense to me you know it's a cool idea right now just because you know it's a it's a new year we've already talked about we're, we're talking in the middle of your of the end of the timeline let's do a reverse timeline what do you think i think about that we've already we've already we've covered i'm recovering kind of the newer part of Toulouse. um yeah. in case he wants to be redundant okay I've, well he's in network i don't want to shake so. it up too much I'm i don't want to throw off the formula <laughs> but we've already we've already kind of already dove in i, just I mean we just the... let it flow we'll eventually get to everything and maybe this is just a non-linear thing we were talking linear i only know lines no no, no. Oh. i was just kidding i think jill had a good idea yeah we've yeah. already got we've already kind of gone into it. let's do a, a reverse fucking episode right now where we yeah. go where we're at currently and or and then go backwards into where it came from because i don't want to lose what we were talking about because this just got kind of derailed y'all 
No, well, I know, sure. I know. It was gonna be a quick. Uh, it was gonna be a quick uh, idea. It's gonna be a quick idea. Well, but, no. uh, let's no. do it. And I wanna, I wanna, uh, on that writing process. So actually, the last of Lucy are writing in the studio today, and I was supposed to be with them earlier today, but then they couldn't do it until later. So I'm like, well, I can't be there because I have the pod. So Dad and Josh are, are in there, but I was there last week, and it was our first writing session for our next album, and. Everything you just said about writing with Scott, it was like kind of what they do, like Gad and Josh. Mm -hmm. And I actually wasn't sure how to insert myself into their like writing process as like the the third wheel kind of. And I'm like, all right, I should probably like have spent the first time just kind of observing and letting them kind of work their way. But I was like, oh, I got to like be the drummer or whatever and like try to come up with cooler drums right away. But a lot of what you said was like kind of exactly what we did. It was like, Josh brought like, hey, check out this Lorna Shores part, and like, we got to do a part like that, like similar, like listening yeah. to like Autotheism or whatever, some classic. You're like trying to get the energy of whatever is happening that's new nowadays, and then there was a lot of just like Gad writing or playing guitar over a drum loop, and us being like, yes, that thing, or like, you know. So, so all that I think is is good lessons for people, and I I am specifically trying to figure out how to like be a part of a writing team, so. And I, I really yeah. don't know how it's going to go yet. So it's funny seeing how many different ways like people go about it, like just ways I would have never thought of on my own. Definitely. Yeah. Shout out to Mike or not real quick, because I think uh, that might be a, the first Patreon episode of Cali Death podcast. <laughs> if uh, Joel and I just get hammered before we even plus record i don't think and then people wouldn't make it past 15 20 minutes episode. though people wouldn't make it that far because we're starting hammered and then we're like fuck it whatever we wouldn't get anything going remember <laughs> no, the first dude, time you were a kid you, like... there, you just have to stab it out dude and deal with all our bullshit in the beginning and then what if we just get you know completely sober by the end and we're like having a actual point and opinion <laughs> 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 yeah i don't know that, that be, dude. i don't think Patreon that works like that though Patreon. i don't think allydeathpodcast.joseph at email.com kyle you have a patreon right <laughs> i do yeah yeah we have um so yeah. fallujah has one that's that's like the more of the main focus honestly like that's something that we all um put work into and like you know all contribute to I do run a lot of that one myself, but it's like, you know, everybody's kind of making content for it and showing up for the monthly meetings and everything. Um, and then I, I have like a much smaller one for my archaeologist stuff that I did. Um, I, I used to, like years ago, I had a Patreon for archaeology and I, I feel like I put too much of like a burden on myself in terms of like feeling like I had to do, I don't know, do a lot more to keep going. So um, for this kind of relaunch, I tried to set the precedent that it's like, I'm just going to give one monthly update of whatever I'm working on. Cause I'm sure I'll be working on, you know, something each month. And, um, you know, if I have something extra to share, then cool. But if not, then no worries. And it's like, it's, it's kind of like all the tiers are pretty much the same too. Like, I didn't want to set up this whole complicated thing for myself. I'm like, you know what? Like I'm, I'm moving to this new place and trying to do this music thing, you know, something closer to full time. So I was like, here's just something simple for anybody who wants to support or maybe wants a little bit behind the scenes of what's going on. Have you ever thought of doing something similar to because Scott's kind of like he's kind of like one of the the main people that got death metal kind of stuff on Twitch. Yeah. You know, like he's one. I mean, I remember like, you know, uh, shout out Max Anomalous. Um, I remember having that episode with him and he's like, I'm going to go in Scott's 
pay or uh twitch tomorrow or the next day and play with him on twitch and i was like oh shit this shit's like this is a cool idea you know and uh i see scott still last time i watched scott he was eating hot chips but uh like he was uh eating a hot sauce <laughs> but like you know like um and it was fu a funny episode i liked i like that but have you ever thought about doing something like that or is that not really in your wheelhouse yeah i i actually do it's it's been a while now like admittedly i haven't been on in like months i'm trying to remember when i even did it last it was like before i was interrupted by one of our tours um but I, i'm i'm intending to get back on like on a much more regular basis it's kind of one of the uh one of things i'm planning to do here now that i have a bit more time out in nashville it's just like there's a lot of setup work i have to do um like i got a new like I'm right now I'm on my Mac that I have been using for many years, but I got like a much like faster and stronger PC that I want to like run my streams off of. So I don't have to mm -hmm. like downgrade the quality and everything like I used to. Um, a lot of set work I have to do before I get that set up and there's kind of more pressing stuff. I mean, the Fallujah album, for example, like now wouldn't be a great time for me to like start up some other thing. Um, but yeah, mm -hmm. I, I totally intend on getting back on on a weekly basis and do guitar and vocals and all that stuff. That's yeah. awesome. Get a sick, uh, six set. <laughs> you had like, you had like Cynic songs, Opeth, like a bunch of. Yeah. 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 You always cover awesome songs, by the way. Like, oh, like you. I always see you jamming. It's like, a... right there. oh yeah. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Me too. It's probably like top <laughs> four for me. Like, those are like <laughs> you can't see it. There, there's a Cynic and Opeth poster barely out of frame over here. Okay. You can kind of see it. There's, no, there's oh, I see those Cynics in the middle. Yeah. 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 I got the no. shitty reflection of the lamp right now, but <laughs> that's kind of what I love about this whole, you know, Twitch fam situation where all these musicians like Max Anomalous and Scott and all these people that are uh, doing their thing on Twitch. I, I think that not only it's, it's a symbiotic relationship you have with your audience, you know, where, mm you're influencing them or you know just motivation happens when we sit here and we just talk about making music or wh what we've done in music or even you know watching people play and all this and it becomes this back and forth thing where the streamer is actually getting the energy from their audience and the yeah. audience is getting this energy from their streamer and 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 i, I just that's Truly, what I love about this whole thing is, especially during the times that'll, you know, the pandemic and all that, and like made this thing more popular. I just think it's, it's cool for, for this kind of these opportunities for different communities to pop up and, you know, do their thing. Our chat's going off right now. I'm actually dude, seeing I, a few new names I haven't seen in a while too. So that's cool, dude. Happy New Year to all you new people up in the chat. Mike or not. I was gonna say I know I know Scott strongly attests to what you're saying right now too. I mean he's told like because he started streaming during the uh the pandemic. And I'm I'm talking more about Scott now because like I I stream on Twitch, but it's much more casual compared to you know how hard he goes on it. Um mm. But, you know, he's saying, he's like, dude, this album cycle, like making Empyrean and kind of the first two were back after um, you know, the pandemic and everything. He's like, it's totally different. Like, like you said, you're really getting energy from your audience in this, like, somehow more, more immediate kind of way. You know, it's like, yeah, it's one thing. It's Connecting. like, you know, people, you know, the people out there that care and want to hear it. But it's like something about talking to them every week online like that, like 
on an instant basis, like you're all actually there hanging out, it, it really does make an effect. Right. I, I think that, and yeah, it's a, it's kind of a therapeutic thing too, like for being isolated, then you have, you know, this Twitch thing where now you're in contact with all these other people who are like-minded and everybody's being positive. That's another thing too, is the, I, I, and this might be <laughs> calling in the trolls, but I think the positivity in our community specifically with this show I think that that has been overpowering against any kind of, I don't even think we've really seen much negativity in the community that has been built around this show. And I love that. Dude. I think that it just like, it's all about energy, dude. And, and that's what's happening in all these other little pockets, this, these Twitch pockets, this energy that everybody's building their own energy bubble and, and kind of manifesting how that energy is dispersed and which energy they take in dude it's it is hippy dippy sounding but at the same time it's true it's alchemy dude with hum it was social it's alchemy with social interaction it's kind of strange dude but cool yeah like, I'm, I'm really high right now too guys just saying and i already smoked a joint before we started this thing too, man. I, i'm feeling good it's 2024 we're starting it yeah. off 161 yeah. we got kyle here i'm i'm feeling this energy that i'm talking about right now dude you know there you go. that's awesome that's i mean it. it's really cool yeah it is a really cool way i mean you have instant like people to talk to like it's really cool to like twitch scott pretty much introduced me to twitch i mean i had twitch to watch a bt bam live stream during the pandemic that's why i got twitch and um and then he's basically like oh i'm doing a, a thing on there and then i could just like have i could stream it to my tv my big screen tv in my living room and just be like Burp. and then like oh what's up joel How's it going? I'm on my TV and I'm like, whoa, this is so fucking weird. <laughs> like, it's the weirdest thing I've ever uh, uh, dealt with in, in the beginning. But it's like really cool to just like say what up and like show, you know, like I, I had to finally silence a few months ago all my uh, Twitch notifications. Live like, Scott's live. People yeah. are live. Everyone's live. I was like, I would go and be like, oh, I'll say what's up. You know, now I'm just like, I went to go check up, check up on it like the other day. Like, and Scott was eating hot sauce. <laughs> and that's the last time. <laughs> that was awesome though it was fun yeah, I but uh um, i love hot sauce yeah it's cool to like just connect you, you can connect and and get people's feedback immediately now it's not like yeah all right we gotta wait till the next album and see what they say it's like no we get to hear like a live stream of what they're thinking and what's going on or mm -hmm. you know it's it's very interesting the times uh, as a as an old man now i have to do the whole like uh what the new new kids are doing kind of thing you know but it is instant communication it's instant I'm feedback not, i'm not a fully uh, i'm not fully a watcher you know i'll tune into everybody's channels every now and then i'll chat whatever and then pop out but i'm sure that for the life of a twitch streamer you're also if you're being honest you, there's going to be days where your audience is going to see some vulnerable aspects about you some you know, times where you're getting frustrated and pissed off too. And I think that that's another actual aspect of the show that people would want to see as well. Like it's more real. If I, 
If, yeah. yeah, exactly. If this is somebody I look up to and then they show you that, yes, I'm just a human as well. That mm-hmm. makes the connectability, you know, much quicker, like stronger. And then you realize like, oh yeah, dude, we're all just trying our best. And this guy's just trying harder. I need to fucking get going, dude. <laughs> that's really kind of like the motivation thing that's going to happen like, okay, this show, this guy shows me that he can fuck up. He can be human now, but he's also shown me greatness on the same channel. And that's why I keep coming back. What am I going to do to try and exert this energy that I'm absorbing from this, you know, live stream that I'm watching and I'm a part of, I'm seeing other people being a part of it too. I think that it, we're all like, batteries trying to recharge you know we're all alchemists fucking <laughs> fuck you dude you know my metaphors are on point right now <laughs> no i love it, I love it. <laughs> dude, it's been really good for fallujah too like there have been so many people on the road that like no like like no fallujah because of twitch basically or maybe they knew the band but like they weren't like big fans or something until they like started watching scott's channel and it's like Every show, there's at least a couple. It's like, um, you know, the gleamers, as Scott calls them. They're like the yeah. people that hang out on his chat. You know, it's like, like there's there's gleamers at every show. It's like, and it's funny because you don't know them by face, obviously. But they're like, I'm this guy from the chat. Like, oh, shit. I see you on there all the time, you know? And that's like yeah, a yeah. daily occurrence on tour. It's really sick. Yeah, that's cool. Dude, that's, that's, I just think that's an extra level, too. Like being in this more underground scene where you can have that closer connection with your fan base and most of them are actually just normal chill people they're not crazy lunatics that are trying to get to taylor swift or something like that you know it's just like normal people that are like we we enjoy uh your your art Aiden. we want to see you in person and shake your hand you know and and it's pretty cool like that Pretty yeah. cool like that. <laughs> I don't even know where we're fun. we're we're so far in the weeds now. Like, what's this? We have to. Thing? We have to. We can't do the reverse now. We have to go straight. Yeah, from yeah. The we, should, we should go back. Yeah, <laughs> we've we've already gone way too like All right, obscure. Dude, let's fucking let's fifty four minutes into this, dude. Let's hear about you coming up before all of this shit that we've been talking about tonight, dude. So Kyle, born in San Jose. Yep. Okay. Born as a baby. First, I was yep. a baby, and then I grew larger every day. <laughs> He's born as a baby. Yeah. Gerber, a lot Gerber. of our yeah, 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 living the road stage origin, living that Gerber life. Plenty of Gerber. <laughs> Gerber. Dude, I, I was gonna say, like, if you were a nurse or if you were on formula, none of that. Like, don't worry about. We're gonna say, Kyle. I was gonna say, um, I, I was thinking to myself before that when you guys were talking about doing it backwards, I was like, actually, that's gonna be hard. It would be like. It'd be like spoiler learning a song. It's going backwards. It's like, well, like I played these shows with my bandmates, and then I found those <laughs> people to join my band, <laughs> and then like, you know, and then my so band it's began. Like, it's like being in a DUI situation, and they say recite the alphabet backwards. Dude, it, right? It's like I can't it's do that. Much so. harder to do. Well, the hardest part is like you losing band members. You're like, so this guy joined the band. Uh, like you don't talk about the yeah. other person leaving. It's like this guy joined after this dude quit. So let's talk about the dude that quit now. Right. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Do the do the. All right. Question. Yeah, dude. So San Jose, you Bay Area native, 
um that's where i'm already connecting with you i know that's pretty ridiculous because we just were popped up in the same area but uh so san jose and then any siblings um yeah yeah one one sister okay older younger Uh, a little bit younger all right so talk about um you know creativity when was it drawing was it art was you know painting music what was it that was going on in the house from your parents or you know you who we got we got rated but real quick uh i know we're right in the middle of the thing but uh thank you to who who rated us az drums fuck yeah oh az drums fuck yeah awesome oh yeah shout out awesome shout out az drums we're here with Kyle Schaefer. Come join oh, yeah. us and listen to this man's story. So, who was uh, what was what were the parents jamming in the living room when you're tinkering with your toys and shit when you were young? <laughs> um, yeah, like honestly, like, first of all, I, I definitely wasn't um, like a music kid. Like I feel like I got into music pretty late. Like I I had no interest in like bands or like songs or anything until like close to high school basically or like middle school maybe so like before that um like my my parents would listen to music and stuff but it was um never anything that i considered to have like a real connection with you know it wasn't like a real strong thing like we, we had music on like my parents would listen to like the beatles or my mom loves billy joel like you know we'd, we'd hear stuff around but i i never had like an anything i would call an interest in music until like a teenager so then um, but but what about before so was there something else you were into creative like or passionate about before then um, what was it in the younger years that you were passionate about was it normal kid stuff i guess you know it's shit, like you know? I, was, I was definitely like a lego kid that's for sure nice um yeah i don't know like nothing real real crazy you know i like playing did you like to build Pokemon your own shit or <laughs> like to did you build your own shit or did you like to go just buy the books and, and oh yeah 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 i make tons of my own stuff the, the, that yeah. counts i think as like creative kids oh no doubt dude i got i mean just to i'm sorry to bring it to me for a second but my kids they're all about it so legos have been in my life very extensively for the yeah. last 12 years dude that's probably cool yeah. right yeah cool to see your kids doing something like that where they're like oh, totally stuff. Dude. You're watching their imagination just unfold, really. It's like they build something, but then they want to tear it down and make it something different, you know? And they do, and then they're like, check out what I made. So you were doing that, probably. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. What was uh, was your first favorite band? uh, First favorite band was Green Day. I I remember... um, the I remember the first time I ever wanted to, like, have an iPod and, like, like listen to music on my own uh like as like a hobby or something was um i remember a friend showed me green day on a school trip and like it was probably eighth grade it was definitely middle school i remember like he had his um it was like his walkman or something and i remember like I, I i like i i don't have any memories of being like real interested in music before that but i remember he showed me the song holiday by green day from the american idiot album and like mm-hmm. for some reason i was like oh i really like that like this is this is cool I remember I wanted to listen to it more, but he like wouldn't let me listen to it <laughs> like more on the trip. And I was like, I was like, damn, I want to hear that song again. I want to like, 
you know, get a CD player or an iPod or whatever and um, yeah. get into music. And that that's the first time I remember wanting, you know, a CD player or something like that. Now, that I was, album was 20 years old today or something. I, someone really? Posted, oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, yeah. yeah that, that was the first band I liked for sure. And um, I, I was, I was like kind of playing music before that because I was in the uh, like middle school band playing trumpet. But I, mm-hmm. I didn't like love it. I mean, it was fun because I had friends that were there and you go on trips once in a while and you're, you know, you're goofing around with your friends in class and that's cool. And I, I would practice a little bit and I'm, I'm sure I did learn some music fundamentals from that that I probably take for granted. Um, but I, I was definitely not like very good <laughs> at it at all. You know, I wasn't um, one of the, I mean, like every year in high school, I was always in like the lowest shittiest bands. <laughs> like, you know, you kind of start in like the, um, lower level one and you you go up and it's like oh this is the one that does the, the fancier concerts or whatever you know and more of the older kids are it's like no i was always in the lower ones but i was just um <laughs> never that good at the particular instrument or just was more have fun of it i guess um so i, I kind of don't count that it's i was playing music but i wasn't I, I don't feel like i was connecting with music until uh, green day <laughs> So, okay, that's interesting, dude. So, up until then, it was just, you know, Legos, no, no, like cartoons or shit you were passionate about, like something. Uh, oh, I mean, I, I did for sure. I mean, I, I was playing video games and stuff too. Um, I mean, so video game soundtracks were that, was that maybe something that would be? That's true. Actually, yeah, that's, that's probably worth pointing out. That's, uh, um, that's actually I'm been sure. a thing that people have pointed out before. And I just think, like, it it would be, it it would it's it's not impossible, but I'm just like thinking about archaeologists as a project and what you've done musically. It it's I would expect like a little bit more music in music central thing going on pre-teenage years well i i guess off the statistics i guess i I can probably explain why honestly i i think that um once i did get into music like again which was kind of right around the beginning of high school you know that's that's when i um started like listening to bands like pretty voraciously like getting into bands and um getting like really interested in music um like first couple years in high school i wasn't playing guitar or anything like that yet but i had friends that were and I had a couple of friends in high school that showed me a ton of bands that have like very much led me to where I am today. And a lot of bands that are still some of my favorite bands I found in that era. And I remember um, by the time I started playing guitar, it's like I had some friends that were like really sick at it. And I thought that was awesome. And I had like a real, um, I feel like a real fire under my ass to try to catch up. You know, it's like, it felt like I was the new guy that was showing up, but it's like, I bet I could do that if I worked on it hard enough. So. Um, I remember junior year in high school is where I started playing guitar and started making uh, like real amateur recordings at home. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I feel from the minute I started doing that, I had this real drive to try to like catch up and get to the point where my friends were. And I think that really pushed me when I was starting out. Uh, that feeling of like wanting to catch up, you know, like kind of um, not that I started super late, but uh, this, yeah, it just kind of felt like it's like, okay, I don't want to be stuck as a new guy. I want to like get to what other people are doing. I think that got me totally started. Just another way of getting there, dude. I mean, you got there, right? So yeah. it's like, oh, definitely. It's, it doesn't, I mean, it it does matter in a certain aspect, but I'm just saying, yeah, you don't have to start at six to be somebody who can, 
write good music, you know, and perform good music because that that is not the case as always. And you're you're one of those guys who just started a little bit later. I mean, me, I don't even fucking I I can play three chords on the guitar, four guitars on the gu- <laughs> four guitars on the chord. <laughs> yeah, I can play four guitars on the chord, dude. I know I was almost. I, we were just talking pre-pod about how much I fuck up words, dude. Give it up for fucking. Let's take a minute for uh, Nashville. What I say earlier, Nashville disasters. Nashville disasters. <laughs> in reference to the tornadoes that hit a couple weeks ago. Anthony, I think I see an acoustic guitar to the left, like or but I guess behind your right ear would be your. I don't know. It's should play us. It's Mike Mike Gilbert's guitars. Though. I wouldn't. I would have to go. I can get his kneel, kneel before the master and be like, "Sir, may I be able to un un." sheath this from i think we should get get some like it's like a house that i'm ready to go into war with there's a house in nashville worth of guitars behind you yeah exactly i know (laughs) like a hundred thousand uh not that much uh, (laughs) if i if there was a war in music and i was i'm prepared but i would be i would not know how to take the safety off of most of these things you know what i'm saying i wouldn't be able to fucking hit the trigger lift it off the thing lift it off the fucking the hook anyways i mean it is uh, is it just lift and then because it all looks like they're yeah yeah probably don't there's a couple of those i see that are at least five grand behind you (laughs) it kind of looks like iron man style like you got to hit a button where it goes and then it's, you can take it out. Uh, I, I have Mike here. set you up, dude. You can like tune it and everything. No, 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 no. Let's not let's not do that. I don't want to hear it. Um, <laughs> it was completely <laughs> this thing with me trying to fucking play the three uh, chords that I just uh, cited, dude. It'd be funny. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. So way too much build up in the middle of the story. <laughs> but yeah, dude. So all right, you're getting you, you got the guitar. That's when you, you want to catch up. So what were the bands that were influencing you in that that portion of you know because you were saying green day but you get mm-hmm. to the point where you're playing guitar what was the the first song that you learned on guitar that you felt fucking sick when you played it yeah well you know what i was gonna say too um i like looking back now i actually i was i started making music before i started playing guitar because i got um like a keyboard synthesizer thing for christmas one year that I was using to make like weird, like whatever I was able to make <laughs> music at home. Like, um, I, I don't even know what genre to call it. It's like whatever some dude that doesn't know anything who has like a synthesizer and a microphone can try to do with like, <laughs> well, making drum beats and synth parts and stuff. Um, I was doing stuff like that. And even before I got that, actually, um, one of my favorite bands in high school is Nine Inch Nails. And I remember they, uh, in like 2006, 2007, they had this Called Year Zero. It came out when I was in high school, and there was a really remix album that came out right after that. And the remix album had um, a CD with all of the stems for every song on the album for people to make their own remixes at home. And I sure. thought that was cool. And that was that was what got me to download like music software for the first time. Um, I downloaded Audacity, which is like extremely like I, I wouldn't even call it a, a DAW. You know, I mean maybe it's better now you know, 15 years later or something. But uh, back then, at least, it's like an extremely bare-bones uh, audio editor with no no MIDI. Um, there's no, like, grid on it at all. It just shows the seconds. Um, and there's no, like, effects or plugins or anything. You can just copy and paste and um, do, yeah, some 
and do very minimal stuff in it. But that's that's what I started working in was chopping up Nine Inch Nail songs for fun, uh, kind of digging into the layers, which I thought was cool, you know, to seeing what's going on inside them. But then just yeah, moving things around and putting them on top of each other and playing around with stuff and just like learning how to um, like move things around and stretch them and cut and paste stuff and then export it <laughs> like as a song. Um, Audacity was my first time doing that. And so after doing those remixes, just sort of for my own fun, um, that's when I got this like synthesizer and was making music still in Audacity with that. But I would do it all without, um, like I, I really didn't know anything about how normal people made music like on their computers. Like I didn't have anybody to show me like how you're supposed to record or edit stuff. So I remember I would, um, I had like a, everything went through the mic, first of all, like there was no um, like sounds built into it. Just like everything is going through my shitty microphone that I bought for $1 at a garage sale. And I would record, um, like I, I had like a metronome that I had from when I was like playing trumpet in middle school, you know, just to like have a metronome track going. I would, like, I would decide how long my song was gonna be. I'm like, this, this will be a three minute song. And I would, um, I'd turn the metronome on and like I'd hit play and like record on the microphone and I would let the metronome record for like, you know, three minutes or an extra minute or whatever, so that I have a metronome track. You can visually see the pulses uh, in Audacity. And then I would use that as my like grid because there's not a click track in Audacity and there's not, um, it doesn't show like the bars or beats or anything. So that's, that's my grid is that metronome track. And then I remember if I, um, like by this point, I think I had some knowledge of uh, like very basic music theory in terms of like rhythms and stuff like that. You know, like I, I knew what a quarter note was versus an eighth note and so on. Um, and uh, I would really like, I, I would record drum tracks for my synthesizer by hitting, um, like I hit record and then on the synth, I would hit the kick drum once and I hit the snare drum once. And um, I don't think I used toms because I didn't know what those were for. I didn't use cymbals at first either. It was like just kick and snare and stuff. But um, I would record those as like shoot samples through my microphone. And then I would cut and paste them um, like onto the beats. And for the times that I wanted to go between the beats, I'm like, oh, I want this to be, you know, placed on like the second eighth note of this beat, you know, like halfway between the, the metronome clips. I remember I would like zoom in and I would hold a ruler um, up to my parents' um, computer monitor in my room. I would like measure that. Like, okay, these beats are um, you know five inches apart, so the you know this drum has to go right at the two and a half inch mark. And that's I did that for like three albums of uh, stuff for my first project. And um, I, I I remember I picked up guitar like after I'd made a couple of songs for that that I would post on MySpace and stuff. And nobody heard it, obviously. You know, I mean, like two friends or something. But um, yeah, I would step up there and then. After doing that for a little bit is when I started taking guitar lessons and started to like incorporate guitar into it. And so I guess that was kind of a weird process too, where I was, I was like ready to be making music before I started learning any guitar. You kind of figured out all the solo shit. Like archeologist is, if I was an archeologist of your shit, I would be finding all that at the very bottom of the pile the, the yeah. dig site you know way down <laughs> as the solo archaeologist that's the stuff at the bottom <laughs> is you figuring out audacity and doing all that that's super cool so it's like i all and you were talking about working with other people i started 
really working with people first. So to hear somebody who just decided, you know what, dude, I'm just going to work the whole thing out and figure out all aspects of it. I, 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 and that was at what age? I, I remember I started playing guitar when I was 16. So I was, it was like okay. around then, you know, I was, I don't know, 15 or 16 or something like that. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't remember exactly when I started, but I, I do remember when I started guitar and that was in 2008. Okay. So, and, and you know, on, on that note too, like um, I mentioned nine inch nails, like nine inch nails was by far my favorite band for those last couple of years in high school. Like I was into other stuff, you know, from other genres around that time too, but that was like my number one for a while. And um, Nine Inch Nails is like essentially a solo project too. It's like they, they'll play shows with a live lineup that kind of rotates for tours. Um, but it's like primarily, you know, a solo so project. Trent was like the main guy. Yeah. So there's, a whole doc, there's a documentary on it, the Hired, uh, Hired Guns, or one of those documentaries where he was talking about how he was hiring people and paying them a certain amount. And one of the guys became to be the guy that started to filter, right? Is that I, yeah, I think, yeah. Um, Richard Patrick, I think. Is that the guy? Or no, yeah. I, I'm thinking of somebody else. Maybe. I, I, it was, I some, it was yeah, someone in right. the band there, that, there like, some connection. Yeah. yeah, they were they were hiring for, like, you know, per show, what you're playing, stuff like that, like pay you out. And um, he ended up starting that band, uh, what's a filter, but what's what's their song? Uh, hey, hey, man, nice shot. Oh, what's up, Scott? Um, nice shot. Hey, man, nice what shot was, was uh, mm-hmm. literally... Um, a member a touring member that decided i'm gonna go do my own thing and, and there's a whole documentary on netflix called hired guns i i don't know if that's the same one but i think it might be one of them was the I guy it. yeah it's it's uh one of the other stories they tell is the guy that started five finger death punch he was like playing in all these like alice cooper bands and stuff and then he's like you know what i'm gonna go start my own band and then uh <laughs> like went and started everything scott comes in right when i'm trying to tell a story <laughs> Son of a bitch. I love you, Scott. How, how was your oh, butt after those uh, hot sauces? <laughs> yeah, we, he's already been mentioned a few times, and I want to try some hot sauces too, dude. I got the world's hottest one. I mean, the world's hottest one. It's the Pepper X stuff. Um, so I've, I've recently had like one that it was 150,000 plus or whatever on the Scoville. That ain't I'm shit, 4 million. Right? 4 million Pepper X. Wise. 4 million. You but it does it taste good yeah actually it has like a mango kind of taste to it and i accidentally did the whole thing where i dumped too much on a burrito and just had to like my piss hurt more than anything. you had to grab a fork and stir inside your tortilla dude yeah because yeah. I, I i put like a big glob on it i was like fuck dude is this no it's like a, a a fancy burrito from a fancy restaurant it was a, it was reheating like a half of it and so oh, i just it, made it like a like big hand blender mixture and just started so i just mixed that fork and just it tasted really good. I got to get the flavor of it and everything. And it was really good. Um, cause I love spicy. I'm like a huge spicy guy. So me too. I was, I like to like habanero is like one of my favorite tastes. Of a, of You're a not pepper. that huge. If you didn't take the bite without fucking mixing it, bitch. Oh, no, I didn't want to. It was like, it was late at night. I didn't want to like, I've, I've done it before you. where I slathered stuff and I was, I was crying on the toilet at four in the morning, like crying. Felt like my beehole was sunburned, but, uh, Oh yeah. Well, uh, what's his name? Uh, Siomancy was there too. Um, I saw him post that. Yeah, in there. A hot sauce guy. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. It was it was fun to watch because I'm really into hot sauce. So I was like trying to in Austin too. I remember going to places in Austin and they had like hot sauce like boutiques where it's like all hot sauce. And I'm like, fuck, this is like this is my jam. You know, like trying to find the bomb ends up turning to be 
like the most spicy one, even though it's on the Scoville, it's only like 150. But it's like if you watch all those hot ones things, people have to bomb and they're just like, what the fuck is they get like all angry? But I can, like I just said, I handle 150 no problem, dude. That was a daily thing. I mean, I I handled four million no problem, but the 150 one, there's 150 to bomb that like kind of fucked me. Yeah, it's pure heat. It's it's like immediate. You put it in your mouth and it's immediate heat. It's not like slow burn. Um, and I have a story with the bomb real quick before we get back to on Kyle's story. But uh, I was at a party and someone had it when I was in, like right out of high school, and uh, <laughs> he dropped him off. Um, but uh, I like put a I put a thing on my uh, uh, on my fingertip. I put some on it. And I tried it and it was like it was hot. You know, we were like all or dealing with the pain and stuff. And then after I was done, I didn't even notice. I was like, yeah, totally. And I touched the inside of my nose with my finger that had that, Ooh, and I was snorting water. Bad move. I was snorting water the whole night. I was like, it would wouldn't go away. I was like I've, snorting water and like barfing it out, and it would not I've go away. Chopped jalapenos and picked my nose right after, and jalapenos are no joke though. People me up for the rest of the night. It depends on the jalapeno. You can you can have a jalapeno that's like fucking hotter than a habanero if the the seeds are right. Yeah, it's, that's it's one hot. thing they, about Holly's jalapenos for Dude. sure is that it's super disappointing when you get one that doesn't have any kick. Yeah. Oh, totally. Dude, I, I right, can dude. tell a jalapeno story about my wife real quick. She was cooking in the kitchen and like, I don't remember what she was making, but it involved chopping jalapenos. And like you said, like sometimes they're like chill and sometimes yeah. they're just evil. And I remember like I, I was doing something in my room. She's like a couple rooms over in the kitchen and she just starts like screaming. They're just like, oh, fuck. Oh. And like, like I, you know, I ran, I'm like, what's going on? You know? And she's like, I mean, she, she was like, it was in her eyes basically. It like squirted uh, in her eye, but it was so bad that she was just like, like I, I'd never see her panic like that, like ever, you know, but she's oh, just yeah. like, like, oh my God. Like, like I was trying to figure out what's happening. And I'm like, oh, okay. I see there's like peppers and it's like in her eye. And she's like, I can't see, you know, and we're all kind of freaking out about it. And, you know, she was fine in the end. It was like, it was, it was like really bad. Like, how can you, you can't get it out. Like once something gets in you your eye, you have to wait it out. Yeah. She had to like go in the shower and just kind of spray and wait it out. Yeah. But the funny yeah, part I mean, was then I remember like a week later, um, she was cooking again. And, like, I think she, she didn't know I was home or something. Like maybe she didn't think I was going to like, I just remember I walked in the kitchen. She wasn't expecting to see me. She like turns around. And she's wearing like swimming goggles while she's cooking. And we both just start cracking up because it's like, like, didn't have to say anything. We're just, I'm like, I know exactly what's happening. No, fool me once, shame on me, or you, fool me twice, shame on me. PTSD happening, dude. And right, I'm like, I know exactly what uh, what trauma resulted in this. <laughs> I know what's you're, happening here. You're facing We're the just same cracking issue up. again. You got to make sure that you're protected that time, dude. Yeah. I, I well, she just looked it. insane, too. Like, she turned. Like I didn't even know we had goggles in our house, but she's like wearing goggles and holding a knife. It's crazy. But actually, dude, she might be onto something, dude, because cutting onions and shit that fucks with my eyes too a lot, dude. I I have to dab my eyes multiple times while I'm cutting onions, but I don't do it super fast, and I never do because I'm I'm not good at it. Like, how do you say how how do you say you're white without saying you're white? <laughs> you're all, yeah, onions, I mean, dude, mayonnaise I mean, is super I spicy, dude. Really mayonnaise gets me. <laughs> no, awesome, no, man. spicy. There's a lot of spicy stuff. Anyways, let's get back to the story. Um, so you're uh, <laughs> metallic, right? Stuff, dude. So what kind of? Yeah. 
Um, so you, yeah, what, what about high school bands or your next endeavors after the yeah? When did you start? Yeah, yeah. 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 So I can talk about stuff. Uh, yeah, so one thing, uh, yeah, asking about bands, I was like in cheaper, so I can go through my like pipeline real quick. I remember Green Day was the first one for me. Um, I got into Breaking Benjamin after that, which was like, I mean, they're not like oh, yeah. heavy, heavy, but that's, you know, I mean, for a kid, it's like that counts as heavy music. There's like riffs and it's mixed like metal and stuff, you know? Um, so that kind of got me going down that road a little bit. Um, I loved AFI. That was a big one for me. And I still love AFI. That's like one of my top bands. So it was kind of branching off into like the emo rock, you know, but then they've got like the screaming too. So that's one of the first bands that um, got me into like the screaming vocals. Um, like a better mm-hmm. fold that time too was another one where I remember I got into them with City of Evil. I thought that was really cool and I mm-hmm. loved the guitars and everything. And then digging back into, into their older albums is what um, another one of the bands that just got me like used to screaming vocals, you know, where I'd go back to Waking the Fallen. And at first it was like, like I wasn't like, big into the screams at first, but I you know, was tolerating it at the time. And I'm like, oh, it's, it's kind of cool until eventually it's like, okay, well, this part's pretty thick actually. Um, and I remember Children of Odom was the first band that I really liked that was like pretty much all screaming vocals. And so that was kind of like the metal pipeline for me. And then I mean, a bunch of other stuff too. But I remember around the same time too, um, some of those friends that I would hang out with in high school that were showing me all of these like more, uh, more underground bands. Um, they got me into the more like math rock side of stuff where it's, it's very guitar oriented music, but it's um, not quite as metal. Like the fall of Troy was a big one. Oh, um, sick. Mark, yeah. Like Mark Volta I found in high yep. school from yep. like the same friend. Um, Terra oh, yeah. is like a math rock band that I really, really loved back then. Okay. Um, like did, were you into like circus survive? Um, a little bit. I, I should have been honestly, I think I just, wasn't so I'm, like, I'm i'm just because th- you just made me think of that band when i was li- really into fall of troy and mars volta i'm still into all those bands but mars yeah volta they, they i feel like they hang out they're kind of in the same scene the one that reigns supreme out of everything that was just mm-hmm. mentioned right there but fall of troy is really interesting dude that that band is actually truly interesting to me still to this day yeah i, I don't listen to them as much anymore like um Versus like Mars Volta, for example, that one has like 100% still stuck with me. You know, like that one I, I love as much as I ever did. But Fall of Troy is cool, but I, I honestly don't listen to them as much anymore. But I will it was say really uh, only one album for me, dude. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. Doppelganger, probably. <laughs> I can't even really remember the album name either. We got to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> well, gonna I was going to say, right when now. you were asking about uh, bands in context of guitar, I remember Fall of Troy was one of the bands that got me excited to play guitar. Like that. It, it was outside my abilities at first, it obviously, cool. but I remember when I picked up guitar, those were like my target goals. Is like, I want to follow Troy songs someday. Um, and I, I think that actually had a big um, effect on my playing too, like spending a lot of time learning their stuff. Cause it's um, like my guitar playing comes from less of a like metal background in terms of like technique, um, in terms of like mm-hmm. what you see in more like death metal type of playing. It's like I, I grew up learning how to do stuff with um, almost like almost shortcuts where it's like all of Troy riffs have so many parts that are um, it's fast and it's a lot of notes, but it's all hammer ons and pull offs and like pulling off to open strings and then sliding to stuff. Um, so I feel like that's part of uh, their guitar style is like getting a lot of mileage without quite as much picking, like not, not always, but um, compared to a lot of stuff. 
Uh, and that's, yeah, I, I, actually, I think I really, I was exposed to doppelganger, but the one that I mainly listened to was manipulator. That was the album that I, I, I love that album, dude. Yeah. That one's not as, uh, not quite as popular as doppelganger, but I, I remember that was the first one that came out like right after I got into them. And so I listened mm-hmm. to that album like crazy in high school. Yeah. It's good. Speaking stuff. of double, I mean, doppelganger has the songs, like I'm looking at their Spotify. They have one song that's 41 million <laughs> listens. Well, because they, they they had a song in Guitar Hero. Oh, okay, okay, okay. uh, Yeah, FCP Remix was in Guitar Hero. It's Dragon Force. It's their Dragon Force. Yeah, kind of like uh, Fire and the Flames. Shit. Okay. I I remember crazy. My friends that showed me Fall of Troy in high school, like you know, they 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 had been listening to Fall of Troy for a while, and they kind of showed me this band. So I'm like, okay, here's this new band that I'm, you know, enjoying like getting to know. I remember that was like right before they got that song Guitar Hero, and I remember the day at school when um you know it's like my friends like yeah we listen to fall of troy and then they learn it's going to be in guitar hero and they're like oh i don't know about that like now everybody's going to know fall of troy it's not going to be as cool mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's kind of the vibe you know yeah yeah, yeah. That's the vibe. well you kind of yeah i know it it's it's kind of how hipster mentality works is as soon as anybody else is into the thing you're into it's not cool anymore you know and yeah. I have that with a lot of bands too. I, I do have that with a lot of music. There's certain music that I've actually been forced into that where I've, I've listened to it and I've showed it to so many people, but there's certain aspects about it that nobody else likes except for me. So I just have to be like, this is mine. Yeah. But then you feel weird. Like actually, you no, know, when you get back yourself into that corner, then when you find one other person that connects on the same level, then you're like, wait, you're, you, you exist. <laughs> like right. <laughs> let's talk dude let's be homies like immediately we just become best friends <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's the stepbrother shit for sure dude <laughs> all right so playing with other people did we talk about it, get into that yet um no yeah so i i actually didn't do that until college so in in high school the the project i had where i was like making stuff in audacity basically um that project was called hasty boggles Actually, funny story about Hasty Boggles, too. Um, that band name came about because I was with um, a couple of my like close high school friends that I, I still you know, talk to all the time. I remember we were just hanging out one day, and none of us were in bands. None of us played music at all. This was like before I even had that keyboard or anything. I remember um, it was just some dumb like topic this one day where somebody somebody made that combination of words, Hasty Boggles. Somebody's like, mm-hmm. that sounds like a band name. You know, I say that sometimes. Um, me and my friend Chris, who would, became my Hasty Boggles bandmate, like we thought that sounded like a band. And then our other two friends that we were with, they had a different name. Um, I forget what it even was, but they they thought that sounded like a band name. And so we're like, no, Hasty Boggles is better than whatever you guys' band is. And so we like none of us played music, but we're just like, like we're gonna make a MySpace page for both these bands and see who gets more likes and whichever one gets uh, more, you know, fans or whatever. Like that's the that's a better band. Um, and I, I don't know who won that, but then like a year or two after that, when I started making music, I called it Hazy Boggles. Cause I was like, hey, Chris, we're going to do that Hazy Boggles band that we were like joking about <laughs> before. I love those. I love those inside jokes where it's like those, those names stick. Like we have, you know, so many like spicy dragon. But all, all these like funny... too. So what are the definitions? What's hasty mean? What does hasty mean? It means like fast, I think, or like, like rushed. Yeah, okay, rush. So hasty being hasty is like getting okay, getting there quick. 
and then boggle yeah. to boggle I, I don't know. Mind, boggle yeah <laughs> like what yeah, is no, it does <laughs> boggles the word yeah boggle the mind it's like it's like a uh, boggles the mind, so you're boggling multiple minds. They're not goggles. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, no, that's cool. That's that's and that's uh, a yeah, so hasty, hasty, yeah, hasty boggles. Yeah, hasty like, yeah. boggles. Yeah, that, that was my first project, and that one, um, it, it was funny because like, or maybe when we were doing that, we're saying like, we're gonna make our band, and you two are gonna make your band. We're gonna see who gets more uh, fans for it. Like maybe I can't remember the exact timing of. I I definitely had never made a song, but maybe I had gear or something, or like um like we we both said we were gonna make like a song and put it on myspace like you know but again nobody made music and then i remember i i was doing that as part of it but i also like was already interested in making music so i kind of did it like more seriously i mean the, the music is um not like serious music in the sense that it's I mean, it sounds like it's made by a kid that doesn't know anything about anything Does it sound rushed probably it, a little a hasty <laughs> a little hasty is that... <laughs> Dude, but but boggles I, but I, I was, a game. Boggles a game. That's it, what it, it is. A dice, dice the game the game. Like playing the game fast. Hasty bottle boggle, dude. We're we're just yeah. a bunch of hasty. All right, sorry. I, yeah, but I, I low key did want game. to make music, so I just did it as hasty boggles. And then my um my friend Chris, who was in it with me, it's like it's funny because we were a band in high school. We'd call it that, but um, and he he, he ended up playing guitar too, and she would write some stuff with me. But it was like. Like the whole first like two albums for that, I'm just doing stuff um, at my own or like you know on my own, basically making CDs of it. And then Chris would do the artwork for the CDs, but she would draw in MS Paint, and he would draw this just crazy, insane shit in MS Paint. Like I don't even know how to describe what? it. Just like, like I, I mean, I, I don't mean insane like amazing. I mean insane, just like really weird stuff. Like there's like there's like a giant hamster, and there's like a baby, and they're on a dance floor, and it's like all this, I don't know, <laughs> random stuff. But it's like someone that's like someone that shreds it etch a sketch. <laughs> but like, yeah, yeah, anybody who can <laughs> anybody who can complete a work of art with MS Paint, I they got my back, dude. Wait, I, I literally was just like, okay, let me erase. <laughs> my, my was my, in high school. I got in trouble because we had this uh, teacher, and I was sent we'd all trade off in computer class like which one would send there's a printer on the on the teacher's desk that we didn't like and we'd all trade off on on drawing huge dicks just show up he'd be sitting there typing he'd be like yeah he'd look at you like and like grab it be all quiet and try to look around to try to find who did it and we would we would do it constantly constantly and then he was he was a computer teacher he should have figured this out a long time ago but he finally decided to open the queue and I was next in line, and I went. I just drew a big old dick and, and sent it. And it's just all Jay, Joel Horner. Just, it's just all Joel Horner sent this uh print job to your printer. <laughs> and then he, he, he took it and then he just stapled it to a referral. Uh, and just and I had a, like a yard duty take me to the principal with a dick drawing on my. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, that was a hasty boggle. Um, <laughs> and I, I feel like I had a backtrack too because actually my, my friend Chris I was saying that did the artwork he actually did end up getting like really sick of MS Paint like after the uh, after the like really hasty boggle stuff he would do like sick portraits and stuff um, yeah he's, he's actually very good at it but back in the yeah, day yeah. it was just weird speaking of a hasty <laughs> boggle a hasty Gilbert wait okay I'll be back guys I'll be back oh oh <laughs> Oh, it's for us. Oh, great. Here we go. We got a new rustic potatoes, guys. 
What's that? What's that? What's rustic potatoes? Oh, a new rust. Oh, a potato fight. Another Here, potato fight. Here, Gilbert, for a moment, I have to. Do you? No, 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 no. You need to hear this. Okay, I'm gonna hear it. <laughs> Gentlemen, hello. Good evening. Every time we got potatoes. Um, Kyle, good to meet you. You too, man. Uh, everybody in chat. Okay. Anthony, I'm here. Anthony, okay. Ready to go. So. <laughs> we're watching hell's kitchen right okay. and the contestants have to do this challenge where they're walk walking across like a fucking little beam over tomato sauce and Wait, and like is... a couple of them slipped and fell into the tomato sauce and they lost the challenge right okay. and my girlfriend dominica who's sitting right next to me goes me. oh it, it's yeah, because, anthony uh, goes, he calls he calls him uh dominico when he yeah that's right that's when i'm off air i'm dominico <laughs> says it's because that the person slipped because they were wearing their socks they should have been barefoot mm -hmm. and we watched we paid more attention to the further contestants and uh they were all wearing the same like little black socks and uh she she turned to this woman turned to me and said <laughs> she said <laughs> she said are they making them wear the socks because like they can't show feet on tv and the last 10 minutes have been an argument of whether or not it's nudity <laughs> to show your feet on tv no it's not and there is a small percentage of dudes that would be like and oh, her argument is that that people will pay for feet pictures right if yeah yeah but I'm, I'm literally telling her that since the 50s when tv was around you can you can show your feet and nobody's gonna give a shit and it's not gonna be censored <laughs> yeah the toes don't have nipples and she said but but she's pretty sure that feet are not uh, permissible uh, I mean, to uh, see on television. I'm uh, sorry, I mean, but I'm it could be someone with like kneecap. Well, I'm go like, also, and say a thigh <laughs> is way more provocative than a foot to me. <laughs> I see thighs all the time. Let's, let's get a poll in the chat going. Oh, yeah, come on. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> Which one is more provocative? Yeah, feet. But I mean, no, if I had a weird, if I had a thing for feet, that would definitely be. Wait, did we get everybody's? It's not even. Right, it's hold not on, okay. wait. Yeah. Hell's Joseph. Kitchen. I thought it was a cooking show. Why are they having yeah, I, I walk across? Oh, that might be the argument starts for like, him starts just being like awesome. Gordon screaming at him about a beef Wellington being cooked too much or something like that. No, they're usually undercooked. That's usually the problem. <laughs> but no, did you guys all vote? Say that this is insane, please. She can hear you, by the way. Please. <laughs> you can definitely show the feet. I, if <laughs> yeah. I saw feet on TV, I wouldn't really bad enough. Yeah, feet's not a new boob or a wiener. Like you know, can't dude. turn foot into a wiener, dude. I mean, it's. I mean, I mean would, I you, would you go to the principal's office for drawing a foot? No, uh, yeah, so. exactly. That's the, so. that's, the dude was that's in the, the ear. Final argument. That's the final argument. Over their ears. <laughs> like, unless their unless their toenails were painted with wieners on. I know there's people in the ears. Mm. There's eight billion of these human oh, beings. Yeah. Stick your head in. Come on, you want to argue? <laughs> Gotta get on the cam. <laughs> I know that is more common. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Everybody watching. No, no. I win. Thank you. 
thanks to you, we're oh, you all won, winners won. tonight. We are. Yeah, 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 we won. We are. Keep oh, yeah. free. And now I gotta go back out free, there, man. dude. I, I'm the one that has to go back out there after that, dude. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Kyle, do you wear uh, boxing shoes on stage, or are you a sandals guy? I'm a socks and shoes guy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good choice. Hot, hot, hot take, I know. <laughs> hard, and hard to rock a jacket and not have shoes on as well. That's true. Oh, Is that a? Big oh, yes, nice. I got a bacon bonus yeah. for my answer, dude. You got a doggy oh, treat. <laughs> <laughs> bacon strips. Yeah, I'm in a house full of cats. So I got a doggy treat. <laughs> oh man. Um. So right, actually, you know. Yeah, I want to actually want to ask a question. Um, just keep it a little bit in the weeds, but on topic. So you talked about like going from, for I've I've heard of guitar players going from, you know, or uh, singers singing first and then playing guitar, and then you went kind of backwards in that, correct? So you went guitar from so sure. so how do you? Uh, I almost derailed. That's uh, not the most derailed. Come on, yeah, watch yeah, many of them. But uh, Sorry, so going from like holding a guitar, like you know, because your guitar and your 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 artistry on the guitar is is your performance a lot, you know, like necrophages, you're not like, expecting the Muhammad to like do a backflip and do all kinds of crazy things. <laughs> right, um, the right. guitar, you're like, whoa, whoa, it's crazy. So going from guitar and singing to just singing, and all of a sudden you don't have that thing that that stage thing, you know, and now you have to be a guy without the, you're kind of naked. You're, you're kind of like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Now, it's Yeah. So how was, how was, how have you made the adjustment to that? It, it was a challenge for sure. Like that was actually um, like, that was harder than like that. That was one of the hardest things to get used to joining Fallujah. Cause I, I had never done that before Fallujah. Like, um, like I said earlier, the first time I ever did vocals on stage without a guitar, was that um, the sugar cover I did with Ontogeny, and that was shortly before mm -hmm. like the stuff. Um, and yeah, it was it was weird for sure. Like even just trying to practice at home, like holding a mic, it's like I had never had to hold a mic. You know, it's like you have a mic stand and you're playing guitar. So I was um, I was I was used to like singing in public or on stage or whatever. Like that that wasn't a big hurdle for me at that point joining Fallujah. But holding the mic was that was a really weird, awkward mm -hmm. thing at first. Um, and you just you just get used to it. You just do it like you do enough cringy things, like hopefully by yourself, <laughs> you know, hopefully in your room, all videoing yourself or whatever to slowly um, whittle those down and just do like, okay, that looks dumb, that looks dumb. I'm gonna try not you, to do you that. You didn't get that you didn't get that opportunity though. You had to you had to join a big band holding the mic after yeah, playing. And, yeah. It, and we, we we recorded the album before I played a show with Felusa too. So my my first show was before the album was released, but like after it had been tracked. And so, um, yeah, they had to kind of commit to me too. You know, it's like, um, without ever seeing me on stage or me, like literally not knowing what to do on stage, you know, like they, for a fact, I don't know how to be the front man. Cause I had never done it before from that in, in terms it's, of like what you're talking about in terms of, it's the funny. Like I've had, not. I've done that before, like just like grabbing a mic and someone's like, like a band practice. And it's like, all right, you're a singer. And I'm like, <laughs> like I, I don't know what to do. Like, it's, you know, it's it's like really weird, yeah. yeah, it's like you're you don't have the thing that you've like has been your kind of like your uh a Trojan horse like to get into the, the show. Like all of a sudden like that's gone and you're like fuck like my wiener's out. <laughs> you know, it's like oh, yeah. it like becomes like a you're you're kind of naked and, and you've you know you've spent so much time on the guitar and stuff, then all of a sudden 
that's what you focus on you and probably when you're singing you're listening to the guitar you're still guitar you know like music oriented versus like giving a a chance of like being like all right come come on motherfucker you know what i mean that sounds like a nightmare <laughs> yeah. to me but i have to, to have to do something like that so, so do you, it, you, on your first on your really, first really few times doing it where you kind of did you feel yourself imitating some other front men that you had you know connected with earlier before that like i'm gonna i'm gonna put a little trent in this part right here like <laughs> or like have mirrors body and stuff. Movements, i'm gonna do that you know like i would do i would do mirrors to be like oh shit i look weird i feel like this looks cool but it doesn't look cool <laughs> like I, I don't know what because i don't know what i would do it's like even yeah to, to derail from your question real quick but like even when uh john gallagher from dying fetus filled in for suffocation like, I remember watching, he's, like, always been, you know, yeah. he's always been, like, had the guitar there with him. And, like, watching him, he just would get all low and just go, like, <laughs> he would just, like, because he's not a, it, like, it, a front it is man. Yeah, because yeah. the thing is, like, um, I mean, because be, being the front man in the sense of, like, the, the talking stuff, like, that's a whole thing on its own, too. But just in terms of, like, the, you know, the presence and the posture and all that, um, mm -hmm. it's not hard. It's just you know i had never done it so it was it was really uncomfortable for me at first um but you know i did practice in my room for long enough where i was like okay like i you know i don't think i look like a super experienced like seasoned kind of guy but i'm like i i feel like i'll look like an idiot <laughs> at least you know um and, and obviously the best way to practice is just do it like i'm sure um yep. after doing you know and the first tour i did was six weeks long so it's like by the end of that i felt very different than i did at the first two shows you know so you, you just you just figure it out over time too and i totally the, the main piece of advice i give people for that now is like you want to um you were asking if i was uh like taking notes from other frontmen and stuff and i i kind of was yes and you know, yes and no like i was watching videos of like okay what do these bands like what do people look like you know but i i don't think i had any one big influence for that i even had friends mm -hmm. tell me that like um i remember my friend david Wu was like like what kind of frontman are you going to be? Are you going to be like this or this? I'm like, I don't know. Like I have no. <laughs> I just don't want to look Kyle? stupid. That's my goal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but that's but, but that's what I tell people though that like, um, you want to like it's best to. It sounds cheesy, but like not just to be yourself, but like do what makes you comfortable, because mm -hmm. you, the whole point is you want to look confident on stage, and right. like faking that confidence, it, it's like an uncanny valley type of thing. Like you can tell when they're faking it. Even if they're doing 99% oh, yeah. of it right, you're like, that dude's nervous and he's trying That's to do moves and make him look cool, but you could tell. And it's like, like I think it's towards was that very thing was like it emulating any kind of front man is how maybe you might, you know, hide the non-confidence or give yourself some confidence in those times but really it's like it doesn't matter what you're doing on stage as long as you're comfortable if if the crowd knows that you're comfortable doing what you're doing up there you you're you're gonna end up being kyle you're not gonna be frank mullen you're not gonna be whoever you know you're trying to emulate or people right. would think that you would try and emulate you're just being kyle on stage and this is how kyle does it on stage and that is now you know the older i get those front men are the ones that stand out to me the ones doing who their are being own thing totally goofballs on stage and doing absolutely nothing that anybody else has done those are the guys that make me follow them the whole set i'm watching them what's the next thing those guys are gonna do you know 
and it's it's tempting to want or it's like sometimes i you feel like you want like you should be like that you're like damn these guys like these other bands are like doing all this cool shit you know their frontmen are like crazy they're running around whatever and like on one hand that's i mean that of course it's cool you know but you don't want to push yourself so far into the zone of trying to be something that is isn't natural yeah. to you at all to where then it feels forced. And so it's like I think yeah. you should try to be the coolest version of yourself. Like just do I was using totally. that as an example, but the example of also seeing the the dude who is just more within himself, but still, you know, being himself on stage. You can see when a dude is, you know. You know, sheltered, not letting it out versus just kind of yeah. being, you know, a little, you know, not really moving around much, but totally hitting it. That's just it doesn't matter as long as you just feel the realness. And we've been at these shows enough in our lives to to know when somebody's fronting and and somebody's actually mm-hmm out mm-hmm. there putting I- ironic that front is bad in that sense you know <laughs> like, like we're supposed <laughs> to be front. that's the whole point we're front, <laughs> front. <laughs> but but it's true it's like you you can't you can't fake the confidence it's like you're uh, so it's it's like make sure you're putting yourself in a situation where you can get to that point like obviously you want to challenge yourself and obviously you're going to be uncomfortable at times especially when you're figuring it out and that's normal but um it's like don't there's so many sick examples of frontmen that are on both ends of that spectrum you're talking about where it's like like some people are crazy and or they're super funny between songs or they're like you know just super high energy and it's fun to watch or there's mm-hmm. people that are just more kind of serious vibe more focused kind of thing and that's cool too but it's like just um i, I just tell people like don't try too hard to be something that feels really unnatural to you yeah right definitely yeah because i mean people can sniff it they're like oh. yeah. Like it's like uh um, you're doing yourself a disservice because I think when you truly, you know, be yourself is when you start to expand truly as an artist and you start to hit you know, break boundaries and and figure out different aspects of yourself that you weren't exploring when you were trying to be somebody else, you know? Yeah, yeah, well, that's true. Also I, I would imagine like joining a band that has had vocalists before and if the band is of a certain high stature, then there's like more of a head trip about like embodying the vocalist or like the, the position mm-hmm. of that band versus right. just yeah. being that yourself. It's, it's not like, totally. yeah, yeah. It's not simply obvious that you can just be yourself. You're like, well, they're expecting something. So that's where the head trip starts or whatever. So how do you feel about like joining Fallujah? How is that like? with respect to that band, I would say is interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's been awesome. I mean, I, it, it, it kind of came out of nowhere for me too. I mean, I, I realized that I was a pretty unlikely candidate for the position. I mean, it's like, yeah, I was from the Bay area and yeah, I was, you know, I'd been playing uh, music and stuff, but I was, you know, I wasn't a death metal front man. I wasn't like known for that in the at all. Um, so I, I was as surprised as anybody to get the chance to um, audition for that, but it uh, ended up being a good fit. And, worked out and yeah it was it was really cool i mean it's i'm still excited to be uh you know having the chance to be here doing it so talk about the audition though like so did you so you probably knew scott through some sort of the 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 scene correct and and that was Um, kind of like they were (laughs) yeah barely so um yeah the the only connection we had other than mutual friends right because it's like a lot of us Mm -hmm. know each other right i mean i had friends that went to high school with them and stuff but um the only interaction I had ever had 
was um, <laughs> so on, on the archaeology release. It was um, this single, this long single we put out in 2019 called Winter's Wake. Back when I had archaeologists as a full band, um, I, I wanted to do this long song with like two. I kind of split it in half and have two guest features. Like one one guy to do a solo in the first half, and one guy to do a solo in the second half. And the first half, when I was writing it the whole time, I was um, I was writing this part with Paul Masvidal because I love Cynic and he was one of my favorite uh, musicians. And we had a couple of mutual connections there too, where like I had a friend that was like, oh, I could you know I could put you in touch with him, like you do his email or whatever. Um, so I was like, okay, I'll shoot for that. You know, maybe he'll be down. And so I kind of wrote the part with him in mind and then sent it to him. And he, he did get back to me and he was super nice. And he's, um, he kind of said like, oh, I'm working on, a, he was working on his like solo album trilogy at the time. So he's like, oh, I've got a bunch of stuff on my plate. So I don't really have time, but you know, he was really nice. And he's like, good, you know, cool song. Good luck with everything and all that. Um, and so anyways, while, while I had been writing this with Paul Masvidal in mind <laughs> the whole time, my bass, George, who played um, in Cyborg Octopus, he the whole time he'd been telling me he's like you should get scott from fallujah and i was like yeah like fallujah's like pretty cool like i haven't done like this the full dive on them you know um like i don't know their, their stuff super well but like maybe yeah but he's like get scott from fallujah dude and then when when paul didn't work out i was like fine we'll do george's idea we'll get scott from fallujah <laughs> to uh play on the song and i, I knew he was sick it's just like it wasn't who i had in mind at first honestly um but then you know we, we hit him up he did the guest solo on the song and it you know everything turned out great and then like three years after that um i'd never met scott like i'd never talked to him besides you know a couple of messages relating to that solo and everything um never met him in person but a couple of years after that he hit me up and just kind of asked if i did the vocals on that song winner's wake and explained that they were looking for somebody to audition i think trying out you know a couple of other guys at the time too um, but that that was the only connection was that we we hired him for a guest solo on the song years ago, which you know George loves to give me shit for. He's like, I didn't even want out on the song at first. He wanted that other guy. And um, <laughs> you know, so in a way he gets credit for uh, <laughs> me having the 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 chance to do this. And then of course, I mean right. after uh, you know after we had started talking seriously about getting Scott up for it, I mean of course by that time I was more familiar with Fallujah. So it's not like I hadn't listened to Fallujah at the point when Scott hit me up. But it's just funny that at, before then I was kind of like late to it. But that, that was the only connection yeah. he hit me up, and it just kind of worked out from there. Definitely. I, can I ask I can tell about... Um, good, go ahead. Oh, yeah. I, I was just going to ask, since you got more in Fallujah, like, kind of later on, uh, like, compared to me, who, like, I was really into the Harvest Wombs, and I remember even the demos before Harvest Wombs came mm -hmm. out. So, um, but, like, how do you, how do you, uh, like, I don't know. I want to say rank, but that's a little too numerical. But like, what's your like relationship with with each of the, the albums? Like, I guess you've probably performed songs from from all of them at this point, and like, yeah, how besides do you feel the new one, besides the brand new one, like, what are your rankings? Probably because you can't can't rank the one you're on. <laughs> right, right, yeah, not not counting or, that, yeah. Or you <laughs> totally fucking can, dude. And I would, I can. <laughs> or you can go backwards on the timeline. Or my idea. Is <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I I really like Nomadic the EP. Like that that might be my favorite. It's it's almost hard to compare that the same because it's obviously much shorter than the full albums. But I think um, th those are two of my favorite Fallujah songs on Nomadic. Definitely. Um, yeah, those are the best to... in my opinion. 
Yeah, it's hard for me to pick a favorite because I feel like if I, if I looked at my list of favorite Fallujah songs, they they honestly are pretty mixed between the albums. Um, Dreamless was probably the first one I connected with a little more, which and that also was like the newest one at the time when I was getting into them. Although I think I think I heard the Flesh Prevails like once sort of when it came out for for a long time. Fallujah was one of the bands for me where it's like, you know, especially being in the Bay Area, you know, there's a lot of people know Fallujah because it's like we're from there. Um, they were kind of one of those bands that I'd, I'd hear the name around a lot, and I knew them as like a, you know, highly respected band from the area. But there's there's just so many bands, you know, and it's like you don't have time to get into every band. They were kind of one of those bands for me where I was like, oh yeah, that band's cool, but I don't know them too well. But uh, mm. yep, yeah. Nomadic, and then probably Dreamless or Flesh Prevails are my favorites after that. One of those. I uh, sure. I I enjoy. Um the story of how you know because a band like fallujah who was already established most of the time a band like that would if they're looking for a new vocalist they might end up just with somebody that's already established people know and i'm not saying that you weren't known but i'm just saying i I wasn't not not compared to the competition for sure right so and and i think that that um makes it even cooler because it was based on um a collaboration that you guys had where you you didn't really know each other but you both saw what each other were capable of in this one song that you guys did together you know and and something sparked something on scott's side I, i don't know how much it sparked for you like how after that that song that you guys did did you feel like you wanted to work with Scott more? I mean, of course, yeah, of course I would have been down. I mean, and that, that was just a guest solo to be clear too. You know, it's like, uh, we just had like a solo section lined up for him and he just came in and, you know, wrote a solo. But I mean, he added something to that collab. He collabed with you guys in the sense he put the guest solo on there and in turn, listening to what he did in the final version, he heard your vocals and, and something sparked in him as well as like oh this is a voice that i'm i I could maybe you know use in whatever idea he had and then that sparked you know it it spawned that whole thing and that that that's what's so awesome about that is just a simple um one-off collaboration of just do a guessle and then boom now you guys have a full career going on together, you know? Yeah. I, I love that. I, I love how sporadic and, and you know, just in the moment or what would happen, not even happy, it's not an accident, but you know what I'm saying. I'm like, just these spontaneous things that happen and then it sparks another thing that, you know, snowballs into something. Yeah, it's just and, a series of these, like, sort of chance events or encounters or whatever. You and know, you don't expect it to be cool that. No, you don't expect not. it to be that. It's just like this. Oh, this we're, we're feeding this one idea already and not even realizing we're birthing another one, you know? Yeah. And you, you know, it's a trip sometimes it's like thinking about um, what, what opportunities you haven't had in your life that like maybe in another timeline you could have, you know what I mean? Like, like you think about stuff like that where you're like, Oh, this, this one connection that seems small at the time turned into this big thing. It's like a big part of my life now, you know, it's like 
because sometimes you wonder like what if i had left my house on this random day and talked to some dude and then <laughs> you know like like who knows yeah. what um i mean know, that was... collab right there literally is why you're in nashville right now yeah you yeah, left true. the bay because yeah. of that that guest solo <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> location is is now different because of and, th- and there could have been one other another person that came into your life that another caused another route from there. Like, yeah. Yeah. Something, you know, something else it's like one little thing it's it's a trip in life that you 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 think about like when you met someone or when you met a band member or when you did if you didn't meet that person and you maybe would have met someone or or maybe there's so many different avenues and variables in there that's it, it could be you wouldn't even be talking to Kyle right now if I didn't talk to you, yeah. season of <laughs> obese or whatever your name was. That's, that's my AOL <laughs> screen name from like 2003, dude. <laughs> and you know, something on very much on that note, too, is um, because uh, I, I, I was saying how you know I wrote that part for Paul Masvidal originally to like try to see if he'd be down to do a solo on that. I've told him this story after, like, now that I've gotten to, like, hang out with him in person and get to know him a little bit better. Like, I, I told him that. I was like, dude, that, I don't know if you remember this, but, like, I, I hit you up for this solo um, years ago, or two at the time. And then after that, you know, we got Scott to play on it. Now, because of that, I'm in this band. So it's, like, in a weird way, if you had done that solo for me, I probably wouldn't be in this band or be here, like, talking to you now, you know? He's like, yeah, yeah. Man, the universe works in mysterious ways. It's funny how the universe works. Coming from Paul, you that it just has a little more, uh, like ten, it adds ten more percent, dude. Oh yeah, yeah, it's just. Oh, Paul's <laughs> talking about the universe to me, dude. Oh, yeah, I'll just tell me more. <laughs> I mean, like you know, through religion and stuff, you know, people would be like, "It's God's plan." It's God's plan. Yeah. You know what I mean? I like mean, it's right. like now we're like universe works. And it's like we've come up with our own thing that they had want, before yeah. and then yeah call it what you want it's, it's kind of the same like uh synchronicity coincidence whatever you want to call it but uh it's a I series mean, of uh decisions we all made dude and i'm glad that uh, i'm here now talking about all the cool shit that we've already done dude imagine if kyle yeah. never joined fallujah we wouldn't be this would be the conversation with i don't know a drummer of another band <laughs> Like, <laughs> what if, like, <laughs> what if I hadn't joined Fallujah like in another timeline, and like the next day, like James Hetfield wants to come to my house and like ask me to join Metallica, but he's like, oh, never mind, like he's he's busy, you know. Uh, <laughs> like, 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 what if the alternative was way crazier, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've said it before on the show. I'm going to say it again. Uh, if Infinity's real, that definitely happened in another day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or another <laughs> multiverse. Had you're you're playing Metallica. You're you're James Hetfield. Yeah, but Metallica's like, oh, we want you to join the band, and we're gonna play the first ever show on the moon. Um, but yeah, I guess you're busy, dude. Like, and all the Metallica songs you're playing are just backwards Metallica songs. Like, <laughs> yeah. like... Can we just think about the idea that there really is probably going to be the first show on the moon? Like, dude, if not we don't, ourselves, if a meteor doesn't come and we don't fucking yeah. gas ourselves out. <laughs> We're gonna have a show on the moon, dude. And I wonder dude, what that that it's gonna be like a pop, on the moon, yeah. I mean, if <laughs> it's kind of like you know, I'm just gonna go into a little rant, but Do it, it seems like it's more nowadays like pop, you know, like a pop stuff, pop popular is all mm-hmm. like solo singers, and it's not mm-hmm. like bands really anymore. Bands are like kind of like extinct from the pop charts, minus a couple, and like so I feel like 
if that were to happen and they're going to send like a the next you know taylor swift to the moon they're not they're nah, not going to like send a band remember bands were cool like people don't give a fuck about okay, bands. they're like, going the, to the send the culture and realize that sound moves differently up there and her music sucks and then <laughs> like, and then fucking neurosis like the real they're gonna hit the frequency of the moon dude and it's gonna be the best sounding shit you ever heard in your life the frequency of the moon <laughs> like the spawn, like necker majors response position goes up there and they sound like a stoner rock band you're like oh <laughs> <laughs> oh god damn. Dude, gravity is it <laughs> is, is it cheating if you can do gravity blast with zero gravity, oh, zero it's, gravity. It's, no it's harder you have to make your own gravity dude create yeah. <laughs> your own like although, like yeah although like but... cheating all the tricks are cheating like people coming out when you're like playing in like different g's and <laughs> in space like, yeah, and yeah he tracked that in space like doesn't count dude <laughs> yeah you have, you have to start an orbit an orbit over your drum to like get the to like get it going fast <laughs> enough dude then, yeah. then then you'd have one of those guys on facebook asking all the bands like station dude you'd have one of the guys look like asking all the bands like were your recordings all done on earth in real gravity with this this and this like you know you know they're like no, no triggers, no sample replace guy. Like. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You play acoustic drums on this album? Chevy. Shout out Chevy, oh, dude. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. going to open up a whole new style of music. Like, who's the oh, best non-gravity yeah, players, dude? Right. <laughs> that have that, yeah. They have to go through that filter to play. Anyways. I mean, dude, what, what, didn't... Uh... Uh, Kevin Talley record in the back of a van or something on the de decrepit demo or some shit like that. I Did heard really? it was in the back of like a, I don't know what it was, it was like a vehicle. If that's the truth, it's like, dude. I don't think it was being, moving though. You know the the, the <laughs> aircraft that goes just out of the out of the atmosphere or whatever. Just record your drums up there, dude. You might get a few more. It's like trying to DM. catch your cymbals, <laughs> grab your cymbals, and, and there's no frequency, yeah, so like no sound like gets made. Upside down. There's no vibration frequencies, so there's no sound. Just like you're just hitting a bunch of shit, and like nothing. <laughs> this <laughs> looks cool. <laughs> yeah. Lip syncing moon videos. Anyways, uh, <laughs> back to. I think. Uh, yeah. You had no like, I mean, time, you did have the trials of like making music and shit, but going from that to Fallujah, that's like a big step, right? You, you yeah. felt like you were taking a gigantic leap. Well, there, there was stuff in between too. Like there were, um, I mean, it, it was still a big step for me for sure. Like I, I had never toured when I joined Fallujah, but I had played shows. Like um, even before Archaeologist, I had a band. Uh, after the hasty boggles thing you know, i went to college and in college i had a, an indie rock band called tilted tides where that was uh, my first time like playing live my first show was in in our own house we just like put mattresses up against the windows and stuff so the neighbors wouldn't complain we had a bunch of people over and did like a, a house show in our own house and called it a show um but yeah tilted tides was the first band that i had where i was like um, i was playing guitar and singing and it wasn't like technical metal stuff by any means it was like indie rock but i would i would do like math rock kind of stuff too where i like throwing in weird time signatures or um i don't know yeah just kind of whatever i could like handle at the time 
Mm-hmm. But I kind of started playing shows with that for a couple of years in college. And then, you know, we all left college and moved away. So that band kind of disbanded. And um, the whole time in college, um, general engineering. Okay. Nice. So, yeah. Did that eventually get into what you're doing outside no. of music? Or do you know? Oh, well, outside of music. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Which, by the way, I, I'm just going to say the Lego history, general engineering. Come on. Yeah. Guys. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I hated the engineering stuff, though, honestly. I mean, it oh, was wow. like, it was okay. I mean, I, I shouldn't say hated. I mean, there's obviously worse, like, things to be doing, like, just like suffering or something. But um, I, I wasn't like into it. And it. It became very clear in the later years of college, too, when, um, like, at first, everybody's like, oh, we're at school. You know, so school sucks, obviously, whatever. But in the later years of it, um, I, I found myself more and more around all of these. Uh, actually, I started mechanical engineering, and in the in like my third year of mechanical engineering, it was like I felt like all the people around me were really into it. Where they were um, like like interested in like building engines outside of school and like doing projects and stuff. Like they they had hobbies relating to it. I, I felt um, like I had no connection with that at all. You know, I'm like this. Like is once just, you're out of there, you weren't thinking about that type of shit. Not, not at all. Like zero interest yeah. in it outside of, yeah, you know, doing, doing my thing. It's a, that's a red flag that. right there, dude. That's yeah. it. you gotta and, be and you, passionate, dude. And you know what's funny though is I, I did a music minor while I was in school too, um, which was you know it's it's a lot less than getting a full degree. You just take a handful of classes. But um, when I was taking like the theory classes and stuff, I remember I would spend a lot more time hanging out in the music building with the music kids there. And I remember being in those classes, uh, it's like, okay, because you're an engineering class, it's like, oh, these, um, you know, this, we've got these big projects and all this work to do, and it's, it's hard and it sucks and all that. Like, when I go to the music classes, it was all, um, like, really exciting and fun stuff. I had good teachers there, too, and um, there were some, like, very practical classes where I definitely picked up skills that I use every day now. So I, I was very excited to be there like, doing that stuff. I'm like, this is fun. Yeah. I'm, I'm learning music theory, and I'm, um, I'm putting names and terms to like things that I kind of already know or have been exposed to, but now I understand it better and it's, it's awesome and I'm excited. But the, the funny part is that a lot of the people around me are just, they're like going to school, you know, they're, they're like, Oh, that sucks. We got to work on this project for music class. Like yeah. school sucks. Right guys. I'm like, dude, you guys are on the fun stuff, but it's all just a matter of perspective, you know, for some yeah, people, they're totally excited about the engineering. Like so, their hobbies or passions, and you know that's cool do you, too. But... Do you feel that with the general engineering thing, do you think anything, you know, subconsciously worked its way into how you structure music and stuff like that? Like, I don't know, you know, what what type of things you would be learning in a general engineering, you know, working for towards that degree or whatever, but um. I would think there might be something in there that you could eventually apply to creating music. No, maybe. I mean, I, I feel like my inclination is to say no, but there's there may be things subconsciously, you know, just related to like problem solving or something. I don't really know. I I don't feel like Some, anything like structuring at that. all, like song structuring, like the way you would maybe like think about how you would structure something with that at, at all apply to well i think it would be more like as part of his, how his brain is configured before getting into engineering or music i feel like it's yeah it's i mean maybe something more like that yeah yeah, yeah, yeah and like the stuff we yeah. learned in school was like formulas and learning about electricity and 
like mm. physics and shit, you know? And so it's like mm -hmm. on a, yeah. on a surface level, it doesn't carry over, but um, yeah, like you said, maybe the, I would say, looking. yeah, like Rest the go. area of engineering, the area of engineering that's like most applicable to music would probably be if you're an electrical engineer, you could get into audio design, like building audio hardware that's true. or something like that. And I think nowadays there's a lot of like neural and companies like that are hiring like computer scientists to design like algorithms and plugins that rely on ML algorithms. But uh, mm. yeah, in terms of like general engineer, I'm trying to think if there's like a musician who was trained as an engineer, like we know Brian May was a physicist, like an astrophysicist. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, like the offspring guy was is like a bio PhD or whatever. Yeah, you're trying to think if there's an engineer. Giannis? Giannis? Oh, what's his name from uh, Covatus? Yeah, he's a he's a physics physics guy. Yeah, close yeah, to engineering. Yeah. Yeah, and Muhammad makes that. fucking BMWs, dude. So I don't know. <laughs> German engineering. <laughs> you, you mentioned the yeah, Offspring. That's... I I forgot about them. But that that was that was my favorite band after Green Day. That was, that was my favorite one. That was mine. I love that I went, yeah. Offspring, I went, we all have Offspring a, Smash and then Green Day Dookie, and then yep. like Offspring yep. Smash was like I have a shirt, like right I can see it right now. I fold it up. Like that's I'll always that's rep still, those albums, dude. Yeah, yeah, that album was literally yeah but up there it's like a connecting album it's like certain moments in your life that you you'll like holiday was that's huge for me i remember where i was when that came out and i remember like what i was going through it's like certain like uh snips in time that those yeah yeah songs, exactly yeah Again, yeah and green day in the bay and and oakland and all that shit like that was all tied in it to me so anytime green day came out with something new I was feeling Bay vibes, you know, it would, it was kind of like almost like I would be more inclined to be down with a green day song just because of where I'm from. And I, I, I know Joel could probably feel that with like sports and shit too. Like, yeah. Kansas City Chiefs. Like... Yeah. Where I'm from. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, I guess, yeah, I shouldn't have said you, but people who, who, deal with their like local teens and all that kind of shit you just have this natural like nostalgia built in offsprings from know. garden grove california formed in 1984 the year yeah. of our birth it's, it's, it's like somewhere, right? yeah okay okay that's, that's okay. where i am that's like 20 20 minutes from me wow i mean we've got the Damn. whole like socal like punk scene down here there's like yeah, there's still like the venues in Anaheim where those dudes all hang out. Like they're in like their 50s and 60s now. Like, <laughs> and the Cougars are there hunting. I'm not everything, sick, dude. But Cali, dude, Cali. Matt dude. Loftus, yeah. dude, sick drummer, just fucking called out like a family friend that I've grown up with my whole life. Matt Loftus, I've known him since I was probably six or seven years old, and yeah, he is like, I don't know why we're I've going. Met Matt. But no, but you know Matt. Yeah, yeah. um, he's got like seven phds i'm not even kidding like he is he's like a terminal academic so, grad student yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. He, went to, he went to burger school of music he went to burger school of music got like three degrees there then came back to university and shout out matt i love matt i've grown up with him my whole life but like since the first time i've heard any kind of rock or death metal he's been there he's my brother's best friend and uh yeah he has like eight i think he's eight phds now like eight PhDs, dude. <laughs> oh my dude. God. There he goes, dude. 
Hi, I can't. Uh, dude, dude she feet. Right she was still trying to argue. <laughs> First of all, Mike, that's Sorry. an easy conversation to shut down. Feet, like feet, are allowed, dude. Like buttholes, <laughs> penises, vaginas. I mean, really, like, dude. If you're down with breasts. whatever, just fucking, I'm down with armpits, dude. Let's go, dude. Just shave it. And let's do it. Where does it end? I, I, like I, you can't show your face. <laughs> it's sexual. <laughs> <laughs> you can do sexual things with your face. You can, you can leave your tongue around. You can do like weird things. So we should not. No, but finish your thing on Matt because I want I want everybody to know about this. I want I want everybody to really know about Matt because Matt is one of these like undo crazy brains we need to have we'll have we'll have him on soon because I'll, I'll, I'll contact him because he's i would love dude, to talk to matt dude i truly yeah. would he I, is so insane with like equations and physics and everything you're just like neil tyson, dude. he's neil he's neil degrasse tyson of the like, death metal neil degrasse tyson but he he, he randomly was like cephalic because i grew up like as a little kid and um matt and my brother would like bring me to cephalic uh practices and stuff and they'd just be like, "What? Like Sophia be tripping on him? Like, what the fuck? This guy's insane!" And he ended up doing um, a tour with them just to fill in once. But, uh, anyways, uh, to see Matt Loftus's name in, there's certain things that you can put in the chat that I'll have to stop everything, and that's one of the like talking four. about little little things that turns in turns into bigger things, dude. Yeah, I would love to talk to Matt, dude, and yeah, maybe his name is right now. We're talking to Kyle, Matt. we'll do that. But yeah. Kyle's, awesome, dude. I love that. Kyle's, Kyle's fucking rad, dude. And Kyle's also like to me, I, I think of him as like kind of like an anomaly. Um, in the and kind of like there's there's certain people in the San Jose metal scene that I've seen, like you know, Alex that joined Odious. There's a lot of people that have, have come out of that scene that's very cool and uh, very talented insanely yeah. talented and and kyle's one of those guys that uh like he's got you know the range vocals the the deep vocals the fucking high vocal or the fry vocals the guitar playing and actually i wrote down a note earlier i wanted to ask you about so you um remind me because you said you wanted to take the easy ways out in guitar playing and you didn't want to like sit there and be like like you know like do the whole normal and i noticed your style of guitar playing i don't know if you know cameron from uh born of osiris the the drummer he, I, he like writes I, I, I barely know him at all but it's funny that i was um uh, i have a friend named aaron lives in texas who has this uh side project called uh, the primordial apex it's like he's done a couple songs with it but um it's like he's friends with cameron and he and cameron are making this music together and um i had never talked to cameron or met him at all but um, Aaron had me feature on this song that like Cameron did the instrumental and um, Aaron does the vocals, but he had me do like a little part on it. And um, yeah, so I was featured on this song that like, it's like Cameron wrote it for the side project thing they share. And that came out recently and I talked to Cameron for like two seconds after that. But just like, it's funny you said that because just like a day ago, like I, Jesus. We, we sent like one or two messages back and forth. He's like, oh, good job on the song, man. I'm like, oh, sick, thanks. I hope to see you at a show sometime, you know, but I had never talked to that dude until like yesterday. So you're, 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 yours and Jesus, I can't even speak. Yours and his guitar playing are very similar where he's like, okay. he's constantly doing the stretches with the, the pointer finger and the middle finger. Cause I see. Yeah. You, yeah. I, right? I don't like using my pinky. That's one thing. Yeah. That, yeah. Like, that was one thing. He, crutch than anything. I just didn't, I yeah. didn't practice it properly or whatever. So now when I play my pinky still flies around. And so I don't yeah, like, yeah. It. it's like, I, <laughs> when I was taking guitar lessons, like I, I've taken guitar lessons for spurts in there. Like, it for 
like less than a year when I was starting. Then later on, I took lessons for a year or two from this guy. And uh, I remember like literally times where like I can't stop my pinky from flying like way too far off the fretboard to where it's, it's super inefficient. Like it's not ergonomic at all. Like you want your fingers yeah, yeah. closer to the fretboard because then you don't have to move them as far. But my pinky just goes out like this. And literally we would try stuff where he'd put like a piece of cardboard behind my hand. And he's like, hey, you, you know, practice like that. Like you can't have your pinky flying around like that. I've never been able to do it. Like, I cannot make those muscles not fly around all crazy. And so it's, I'm just really bad at using my pinky. So I, I just, I like to slide instead of trying to do that too much. Like I'll use it for chords, but I don't really do it for a lot of like scaly type of runs or anything. Like I that. love, I love seeing styles like that because they're not, they're not normal. They're not, you know, yeah. they're, they're the conventional, conventional, that's the word, conventional. Um, but it's not by choice real- to try to, I'm just really bad at doing it the normal way. So that that brings in another person too, because I, you know, Michael Keane, like I, he, same thing with him. He broke his pinky when he was younger and had to learn. That's why he does a bunch of these the stretches, like he does. I didn't know that. Yeah, he broke his pinky when he was younger, and that's like when he was like learning guitar. And then he still uses it, but it's not like he doesn't use it like all the time, like a normal, like a normal guitar. Normal, you're yeah. abnormal, sir. <laughs> um, no, I, I, but, I know uh, what you mean, though. It's like normal. Yeah. It's- like I, I feel like I have three normal fingers and then one weird finger that can one do, like, like wild card. <laughs> yeah, the wild card. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, Cameron is wrote literally. That guy's like a songwriter extraordinaire. He's he's written most of the Born with Cyrus albums. I don't know about the last few, but he like writes all the guitar on on that yeah. stuff. And um, I forget who told me. It might have even been someone told me from like I think it might have been Sleepless or, or Sleepless Faceless Sleepless. I'm looking at a blue right now. Um, where um he's all dude, this guy's he uses Sleepless, two fingers. Next album. Sleepless. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I always use an instrumental version of Dreamless, we call it screamless. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Metal but no, he, he would do like he was telling me, I forget what good so it was the gnarly guitar player was telling me. So dude, this guy fucking Cameron, like when he's writing their stuff, he's like doing like Minor third hammer ons like this, like it's like two <laughs> fingers that's, mainly. That's crazy, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was like, "What the fuck?" And there's videos of him if you look him up. Those fingers pretty good, dude. For the listeners, you can, you got the. Si- oh wait, actually, I I think I can. Ah, oh, that hurts, dude. No, you got you got a bigger spread. That's crazy. So, like on planetary duality. I mean, no, no, no. With the uh, Michael uses he uses three mainly, but uh uh Kyle Cameron. and um Cameron is the uh the link I'm making is that they'll make these like these these big leaps with their pointer and middle finger that I'm like I I'll, I'll watch the playing like a guitar player and be like, that doesn't look correct. But then I hear the what comes out of it and I'm like, sounds great. <laughs> like but it doesn't look doesn't look like what you're supposed to see but it's, it's one of those like things being where a skateboard, it sounds great skateboarder and seeing somebody bust a kick flip differently than with like their nose or something yeah yeah i don't know the comparison I, I do feel like it's not it's not the best thing sometimes like i, I do feel like i um I, I don't play guitar nearly as much as i used to in terms of like having any kind of a practice regimen but um even like longer than that i feel like i've plateaued for quite a while where i'm you know do what i want to do with it but um i i could i don't think it's physically possible for me to play as fast as somebody like scott by doing things the way i do them so i yeah, do not feel like ergonomical. It's not it's like the right way yeah 
because it's but like I think, yeah, yeah. I, I can make my music and play it how I want because I I set the rules for that. But I there there definitely are things where I'm like I I couldn't play that by doing. When you listen to archaeologists, I mean, you play most of the guitar on that, right? Yeah. Um, Pretty much all of it, except for there's like a good number of guest features and there obviously are the solos and whatever. Yeah. But like if if you it, it were to released the rhythm stuff, would yeah, well, yeah, just the, the one um, like uh, exception I wanted to point out was there's there's a couple of releases I put out when I had a full live lineup for it in the Bay Area, and on those couple of songs I had like a, a lead guitarist kind of guy, so he was he's all over those songs too. Mm -hmm. But for the most right, part, so Kyle, 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 watch, watch uh, Cameron's playing, and and do you feel? I feel like you guys have the same. It's like two people in the world that I know that have the style. That's why I, <laughs> I really. Um, I've I've never like, watched him closely, so I'll 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 take a closer right, look right. next time. Wait, before you start this, let me just finish my point. I was going to say that, even with Sorry. connecting with the archaeologist stuff and and knowing that you're playing guitar. Um, to have the unconventional styles of playing, it doesn't, it does not show at all in what I hear. I hear a very that's what I'm saying. guitar player. Oh, thanks. Oh, no, no, so, no, 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 no. That's what I'm there. saying. Is like it's sounds great. But I, like, I'm not you saying that you someone, it's, it's like a weird way to get there. Like when you see visually someone, you see someone visually playing something like a different style. Your brain, at, like being a guitar player, is like what. It actually what? almost does that work? You know, like, but then it works. I, <laughs> I'm hearing that somebody's playing it in an unconventional way. It makes me want to pay attention more now. You know? No, totally. It's it's in intriguing to me. I love it. Yeah, it's like dude, it's gonna load for a while. Cause <laughs> I swear he does it. I swear. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, shit. Is my internet sucks? Is his hand huge or is that just like the angle? <laughs> I guess, it's that? a little bit warped. I was, I was thinking is his hand like massive smaller than his than ergonomically to his body. It, it, well, it looks like oh, yeah, there's yeah. a little bit of a like fisheye thing going on a bit too. Like there it's was a moment there where his hand looked like Hulk hands. Huge. <laughs> He's got big hands. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> plus I would say he is right. Well, talk about his wiener, but well, his, his wiener <laughs> definitely. I see what you mean, honestly. Yeah, the two finger thing. Ah, oh, shit. Why is it fucking up? I don't think it's spreading out, though. Well, yeah, he's playing all... God damn it. Yeah, he, he was doing it at the beginning of that. I just want to see a good example of what you're talking about. That's all I'm saying. I'm sorry. Oh, that was... You can tell that those first two fingers are the dominant ones. They're doing most of the work. Yeah. And that that's another thing I do, too, is I'm, I'm often much more comfortable... Uh, making like bigger leap up and down the fretboard in terms of like yeah, yeah. press to high press than I am changing strings. And so like I'll I'll end up uh yeah doing like slides up and down and doing not quite as much like movement between the strings sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quick shout out to Ryan Evans, the first actual guitar player of uh Carnivorous after Dan Kenny. He actually played in that same way and now that I'm listening to you guys talk and watching that guy play, I'm like 
Oh yeah, dude. In death metal, your index and middle finger can totally be your dominant and and you can get through it. You the vocalists can... talk about it. I mean... Shut up, dude. I fucking said some real shit right there. Come on. After everything we just talked about, that was totally relevant in the conversation. Joseph, save us. Save you. Yeah. You, you should, save you everyone what? should practice their uh, four-finger exercises. You, you know what I can't do? I cannot do, like, four descending notes, like like pinky, ring finger, middle finger, index, with, like, anything resembling a normal speed. Like, I'm horrible at that. Whether whether picking it or like pulling off, like I I do not use that in my music because I can't play it. Like I can do hammer ons up and that's fine, but I did cannot you, go. Did you learn? Did you learn like the spider? That's like the classic name yeah, for this. Yeah, yeah, one, two, three, four. Yeah, okay. yeah like yeah, one, two, three, four on like ascending on? strings, then going down. Yeah, yeah. You know, Massatello Mas- taught me the uh, the Eddie Van Halen technique, which is I mean, just the practice if you're like sitting on a desk and hanging out. And when work on something, it's like you lift these two fingers and these two fingers and these two fingers and these. Two, you have to, oh. like you can go like super like he was a soldier for a while. I can do it like when it's on a desk, but not on my hand. <laughs> it's so like, hard. I can't, I can't even do it now. Know. I'm like trying to do it on my arm. Like, it goes these two, these two, these two, these two, these two. But it's like I can't even yeah. do it. I, I cannot do the little finger. Now I got it, but that was like a real struggle. <laughs> the transition is gnarly. No, I can't switch it. If but if you're sitting at a, if you're sitting at like a desk or something, you just put it like on a desk and you can just like work on it, you know. And I feel like it, it kind of, it's a the Eddie Van Halen uh, practice technique. So that's, huh. I was like, so all right, well, you see that, like, uh, the transition is yeah. the hardest thing in that. Yeah, I tried oh, to do doing, it. Yeah. No, Dude, when no. I when I try it right now, I'm like I'm like I'm too old for that already. Like, I, like, how, like, how like, like yeah, I'm past that phase in my life right? where I should be practicing that. Like, there is a point of that. There is a point <laughs> where you're just kind of like this is my style, and like I'm not gonna try to relearn something. You know, that's because it's kind of like with uh my best friend Carrie when we were kids, he was like I'm gonna try to like learn all these because like down we were all both down picking so much. He was like, I'm just gonna like relearn everything I know with alternate picking, and he did it. Yeah, and then something like, really happens, and it's yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he like got it all down, and I was like, Jesus Christ! Well, I, I'm still to this day no like I got it all down, but he got it yeah. uh, all down enough. I just want ergonomic. Yeah, exactly. Got it all down <laughs> up. <laughs> Quick shout out to Carrie Gear. Love you, brother. Uh, but no, it's it, it's hard to like relearn. It's like old dog new trick stuff. It's yeah. like. I already have my technique. It's doing fine. I don't. I remember uh, Greg from uh, Allegiant. Like, I remember he was going through like pandemic times. Was like, like wanted some. Uh, was looking for people to uh, lessons and stuff. And I was like, I'll buy five because I just got a new job and like got you know money and stuff. I want. I'll buy five. And uh, he's all, what do you, you want to work on? I'm like, I don't. Uh, I downpick too much. He's all, that's great. I was like, alternate picking, dude. Now, like, what am I supposed to do? I know he's like, how do you downpick that? That's insane. You can downpick that. And I'm like, yeah, but my wrist won't survive with my twitch reflex over a long period of time. I kind of want, I want like more of an ergonomic, like, well, it's just like, is it yeah. is it literally easier to downpick than alternate pick like Master of Puppets for you? Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da
get really into when I was starting guitar too. That was one of the bands yeah. that I want to play Metallica riffs, I want to play Paul Troy riffs. And I remember knowing early on, like I'd already heard the thing where it's like, oh, you got to play it all down picked. That's how, that's how you're supposed to do it. I remember abandoning that after like a week of trying. I'm like, yeah, fuck that. I'm not doing all down picks. Like just not what I can do, <laughs> not what I'm. And so I still to this day, like master of puppets, like I'm just like, I don't care. I just remember like, I didn't know that it was so, I thought it was like a cheating way to do it. And so I remember hanging out with like, Naveen and Casey back like in 2004 or five, and I was like, show, like Casey's old dude, show Naveen your your Twitch thing. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> and they're drummers, and I was like, whatever, dude. It's like, oh, I, I was like just showing them like on a, a table how fast I can twitch my hand. They're just like, what the fuck? And I'm like, oh, okay, well, I have a a natural thing. I didn't work anything for. I just got it, you know. And and that's kind of what uh, Greg was saying too. He's like, just use that. And I was like, yeah, but. Like it's so much more of a a chance of fucking something up to me. Yeah, like when I, you're like down picking that fast, and it is less ergonomic because you are going back up still. Yeah, yeah. Picks. Like That's it's not like you're just string. going down. Yeah, you, you're literally going up anyways. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So That's kind of like a death drum for sure. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's I, the death drum. I, I I listened to the I don't know the Prague report. If you guys know, they do these like yeah. album rankings, whatever. They had Metallica. They ranked. And they mentioned that um, up until St. Anger, maybe a little earlier, uh, James did all the rhythm guitars. And it wasn't until, I think, St. Anger that they even had Kirk record anything other than the solos. And then wow. for Death Magnetic, um, it was I James Beck. That, yeah. that, that's my favorite Metallica album, by the way, Death Magnetic. Is yeah, it, I, I was excited to listen to the I haven't really I listened to it. Yet. Yeah. I, I firmly um, believe that if that album had come out like a decade earlier, I, I think yeah, that would be ranked just like that's right alongside Master of Puppets and Ride the Line. Okay, okay, stuff. okay. Jesus, I, that's, I, that, a... that's my opinion at least. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, totally. It, that's like, huge. Like the I mean, is there like it's like the songs lazily... are super just complex and thought out. And... Yeah, I've, I've lazily flown the flag of first four albums for the longest time, and I'm I've for the last maybe. Since we've been doing the show, I'm like, I need to listen to more Metallica. Dude, you should get into Lulu, bro. That album's sick. <laughs> I'm the but I, I, that thought <laughs> has been there for now three years of the show, and I still haven't done it, dude. But I, I really should yeah, don't do listen it. To Lulu. Like, Black yeah. album, I heard a few songs off of it, and I was like, oh, yeah. No, I actually remember totally connecting with these songs. So I don't know, dude. Fuck the critics, dude. I'm just going <laughs> to... I, well, I, yeah, I, think, yeah. I, was, I was just saying, I think I'm naturally kind of like contrarian with that stuff too. Like, I feel like when I'm when I'm going into an album, everybody's like, "This album sucks." I'm way more inclined to be like, "You guys are stupid." <laughs> yeah. This album rules. I mean, unless it does just suck, but if it's yeah, yeah, if it's if it's and like I'm maybe like not that. quite what people wanted and they hate it because of that, I'm it's more a popular band and everyone hates it. You're like, well, you know, like believe me, Joel's known me to be a guy with, that just yeah. fucking stuck behind. No, dude, this fucking shit's sick. So why yeah, am I no, you, you have... with later Metallica? Yeah. <laughs> no, I used why, to make fun of Anthony all the time. I'd be like, Anthony likes this when we were like in his car, like at band practice. We'd get his iPod I would and be play like, like the human Ugh. abstract at the Odious house. <laughs> no. And they'd be like, You're a fucking idiot, dude. Why are you listening to this right now, dude? And I'm like, Listen that was to like the, the shred, elitist. Dude. That Listen was a... to the shred. I think there was a time in tech death that it, where it was like 
it was so underappreciated and anything that was clean like singing were definitely anything that i brought with clean vocals yeah. you guys were yeah 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 it was like we were like at the point like in 2004 to nine was kind of just like whatever clean vocals dude fuck. besides cynic fuck you you know what i mean that's so true <laughs> I feel like yeah, they, so they happy when they all listen, started listening, being appreciative to uh, Spiral Architect. That was a band that I tried to get you guys into for a while, but it was all. No, Carrie got me in that way before I met you, but I just, the vocals, like, yeah, I you're a fucking liar, dude. I brought that fucking those shit. Are, <laughs> See, yeah, those, are like <laughs> those are like technical clean vocals in Spiral Architect. It's like pretty wild. It's a burn up Stop trying to match the guitars, dog. Just <laughs> so, I just won match the guitars, dog. I love it. Yeah. He literally is the and it works. But uh I don't know, just starting to kind of wind down here. I had one more question for Kyle about like getting into this style. Like you're coming more from like indie math rock, post hardcore. Like when did like you actually get into like death metal or like extreme metal and like yeah. how 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 much of that is part of like your your musical identity yeah i, I definitely came in through the prog side more so like i remember okay. um because i like i got into you know like like heavy aggressive type of music you know through like through the rock thing or the the emo thing or whatever you know like af for example incorporate screaming that kind of got me into other bands like that you know, like eventually and fold children about them and all that i think when i got into music that you would call death metal uh was more from the prog side because it's like i was into um you know mars volta and stuff like that and other bands that are in this sort of proggy world so i remember opeth being a big one you know that's like i, yeah. I that's another thing too is it took me a while to get into music with um like low growls oh, rather gosh. than the high yeah. screams because most of the screaming stuff i was listening to is based in the like higher register kind of stuff um, but yeah, There's Opeth was a big one. Modem was mostly high register, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, um, uh, I mean, Cynic was one, honestly, too. Like, I, I remember I found Cynic on iTunes randomly when Trace and Air came out. Like, I just saw the artwork on, like, the, you know, here's related bands that you may like, suggestion type of thing on iTunes. I remember I saw Trace and Air and that, I thought the artwork was cool. And just listened to it. So that was a band that I randomly found. Like nobody showed it to me. I just found it at the right time. And Perfect. I was like, this is amazing. I yeah. was in Opeth and Cynic. You could find the through line and yeah. the algorithm did for you at the time. Yeah. And then Meshuggah is my favorite band nowadays and has been for years now. And that's. Um, what was the first Meshuggah album you came across? Uh, nothing. Okay. Mm, yeah. yeah. Rational. Do you fuck with no, the re recording or the original? No. The, I got used to the re-recording. I, I think the original might be better, but I didn't know that for a long time because I the re-recording is the one that I heard and was totally used to. Um, yeah, me too. I, I felt like I had no reason to really check out the re-recording because I'm or sorry to check out the old version. So I'm like, well, they redid it, and I like the new one. Like, why would I <laughs> check out the obsolete yeah. version? A, uh, but I kind of do like the. There's a version on YouTube that's the original drumming and the new guitars used. That's they, probably they used the way. AI to, dude, it it's sick. It's way sick. Um, I, th yeah. I think the I, the original one had a better snare. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, I'm yeah not it's a little livelier. Familiar with Mashuga, but is that the one with Rational Gaze? The yep, yep. All right, yeah. 
Yeah. That yeah. band has That's been such like a like slow burn for me too. Yeah, it's like coming out of the void type of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I remember the, the first time I heard Meshuggah. Actually, the first time I even gave them a listen because I, you know, there's all these bands you hear about. And you don't have time to get in every band, but it's like, like, oh, I've, I've heard of this band before. They were like that for me for a while until um, I remember I got into Animals as Leaders when the first album came out, and I, I loved that album. That was like a huge album for me. I remember I watched an interview with Tosin where somebody asked him. If you were, you know, if you were trapped on an island and you had one album to listen to for the rest of your life, what would you do? And immediately he's like, "Nothing by Meshuggah." I'm like, "All right, well, I should probably check that out if this dude is like that sure about it." Yeah. <laughs> and then I, I listened to smart, it. That's a smart move. That's a, you can like trip out on the the beats and try to get like the if there's a four under it and try to like figure out it's the a, under stuff. It's a uh, stamina type deal when you yeah. listen to. It'll get boring a lot less quickly than like Hotel California or, you know, you know what I mean? If you were like to pick up. I, I could write oh. fucking essays about that shit, about why, why Meshuggah has that quality to it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it, it, it took me a while to get into it too. Like at first I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting and cool. But I wasn't like, oh my God, this is amazing. But it just kind of stuck with me. And when, when I did get fully into them, there was a time when I felt like I couldn't listen to anything else. because Everything else felt too simple i'm like what you're just going to repeat that bar like you don't repeat a yeah, bar yeah, like yeah. That. You, you don't play the riff on yep. starting on the same beat it's like what's wrong on a possession for me it's like kindergarten shit you know? yeah yeah so it's a weird hypnotism I've, I've lot, that you get i've asked a lot of people this though and and i never get like a a full answer from it and even from drummers i've i've asked have I asked Tosin this? I don't know. On tour, because everyone, Mashuga, everyone's Mashuga, and I wasn't Mashuga. I mean, Chaos Fear, my brother gave me Chaos Fear with uh, Calculating Infinity uh, from uh, Dillinger, like in 2000, I don't even know, two or whenever it came out. And uh, I was like, what the fuck? I was like into Fear Factory and Slayer. And like, yeah. I was like, and like, he's all, how, how about like blend your brain a little bit with this? And I was and, like, and that album too. I, I still don't understand a lot of that album. It's like, and the yeah. mix doesn't do it any favors. It's just so, totally. like, that first song, um, Concatenation. I'm like, I still oh, don't yeah, know yeah. where the beat is. Like, I could not tell you where the pulse is. And even That's though what they I'm literally... saying with, <laughs> with Sugar, though, though, like, like, so they have that four beat. And I've asked like Veil of Maya, everyone, I've, I've toured with all these bands that like have these big Meshuggah influences. And yeah. even like touring with Veil of Maya and stuff, they had like, beats that they would joke around that were the, the lot like off the the show lost like the code from lost like that's six four three eight two uh, one eight. and i'm like okay well you're in four so where's the six four three eight? i don't understand where you're counting like, that the number of counts the whole time you could be in four the whole time dude it's well it's in four it's, it's poly poly Come on. you can still yeah, poly. Poly four. Poly. it's poly bro there's more than one you you know who explains it pretty well it's kind of funny um you know the comedian bill burr have you seen the yeah, video oh, yeah, yeah. about the sugar like it, no, it's funny it, it's funny yeah. hearing him describe it because he's he's explaining it perfectly but from the perspective of somebody that saw Outside them live and doesn't understand thing. it but is trying yeah. to explain it but he totally nails it he's like yeah it's like, it's like the drummer's got this backbeat going like with the snare on the three like one two one two he's like yeah um He's like, but the guitars are doing their own thing, and it's like totally disjointed and separate from it. He's like, but the drummer is matching that with his feet, and that's like the link between it all. Like, dude, he's he's actually nailing it. And he yeah, says, yeah. That's he's like, the, the best explanation the I've gotten. Yeah, he's like, yeah. he's like, the band is doing what the guitars are doing, but the crowd is like bobbing to the backbeat of the drums. I'm like, dude, that's yeah, yeah, you're correct. It's, that's, that's what's would happening. you think that, that you would just say that Mashuga is all about the rhythm section, dude? 
The rhythm section. Well, they the are, yeah, yeah, I'm saying it's like the rhythm. Like they're band. doing two rhythms. They're doing the four to keep everyone doing this. Everyone's well, got this. They don't really have a non-rhythm. Is there a they don't really video have a, of right. Bill Burr's talking about this? I've never. They seen don't have any. They don't yeah, have a melodic. Bill, <laughs> yeah, but Bill Burr plays drums, and she takes drum lessons from uh, oh, Danny yeah. Carey from Tool, and so. Yeah. Danny was no like, he was... like Bill, you're my student. Come with me to see this band. Michelle, oh, no, no, trust it's, it's, me. no, it's no, 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 no. The story is that uh, Danny Carey was next to him during the bleed, bleed when they were off. But he yeah, had maybe his, drum right. teacher, his, his teacher brought him to the show because I showed it to my dad and all my drum nerd friends, and he was like, they got off a little bit, and and uh, on bleed they got off by like one beat. They were off by one beat, and then somehow Thomas Hawk like caught it. And he was right next to Danny Carey, and Danny Carey's and they nailed like the the pause, and then dropping back into it, and fucking Danny Carey was just like, oh, right next to Bill Burr. I got it. And Bill Burr was still like, what the we fuck? Like, right now? Oh wait, we'll yeah, get flagged. Up. Get flagged. Flag well, for what? Like all the all the all the zero dollars you make. Dude, one thing about Meshuggah too is like obviously the thing that everybody talks about, understandably, is like the rhythmic aspect to it, the polyrhythms and all that. But I feel like nobody ever talks about the fact that they um. In terms of what they write, like tonally, like harmonically with the notes and everything, it's like they grew up on another planet. It's like it doesn't resemble anything. Like on the moon or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but it's it's yeah. like it, it has none of the traditional stuff that you hear in metal in terms of like um, like progressions or notes or stuff. It's so like out of this world that they they yeah. ask their weird vibe. like they're not doing harmonic minor scales or anything like remotely resembling that it's like its own whole weird vocabulary in terms of the notes too and that's that's a subtle thing i think that makes them like really separates them from other stuff too like they're totally disconnected from anything resembling normal like scales and progressions and, that and it goes even deeper than that because you go to see a band like mashuga live you end up in this hypnotic state i've i've been yeah. overtaken buy a Meshuggah set where I've at some point forgotten where I was and it yeah. wasn't all the beer that I was drinking that night. It was the music that I was listening to. It was to. the pot. It, it was, yeah, it wasn't the beer. It was the fucking weed, bruh. But no, it's no. very it's similar to like the in East Indian music, like seeing Shakti. Like it's yeah. one of these styles it's that you can't that. understand. You're like, what the fuck are they doing? How are they? They're all like Counting these that are like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, nine, ten. Well, uh, uh. Yeah. And they're like they push your hand constantly, and they're and they're all together doing it, and they're all just freestyle jamming over that. I'm like, and I and I'm trying to count the downs versus the ups, and I can't. They change every time. I'm like, and how you the don't fuck? realize it, but you got put into a meditation, dude. You were paying attention to nothing else except for one thing at that moment. You know totally. what I'm saying? When they say start meditating uh, pay attention to your breathing that's one thing you're focusing on well you focus on mashuga you focus on shakti it's the same fucking thing dude you're you're getting into this meditative state that that you can't fully control you know and then you right here dude. Fuck this, am is, I? this is what yeah, we're talking about <laughs> yeah. i actually kind of got the yeah i don't know do you want to the a fucking unbelievable song. They got this song, Bleed. And on top, he's playing like eighth notes with the backbeat on three. 
So everybody's head is moving to that, like, gah, 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 gah. I can't even do it, right? But underneath his feet are going like, basically. It's on top, he's like, it's like you're going insane. Yeah. You know, like I was like, if you ever heard voices, like I think that's the music version of that song. Like up top was be somebody talking to you going like, hey, you want to go to the mall? Maybe, you know, I heard they open a new fucking Starbucks or blah, blah, blah. And underneath you, these demons going. It's like a seven minute song. I've never fucking seen. And they played it live and just it sounded as good as what they played on the record. And then the whole fucking night, you never saw their faces. It was just these fucking strobe lights going at you in the, in, you know, lined up with the bass drum. So everybody's fucking nodding to the bass and saying, oh, bad, 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 And the lights are like fucking bad, and your fucking face. It was, I never thought I'd be into some shit like that. I, I can't, I, I can't say enough how fucking unbelievable that band is. And you're doing yourself a disservice as a human being if you never see them live. It was fucking unbelievable. And the amount of, like, famous drummers that I saw standing there just fucking geeking out, big smiles on their face, shaking their head, you know, like reaffirming to me as just a, you know, casual fan of music that, yes, what I am is is hearing is that unbelievable. It's so unbelievable that drummers that I'm blown away by are blown away by this shit. So I don't know. I don't know how many more tour dates they have. I think I overheard somebody say maybe that was their last on this run. I don't know. But like for the rest of my life. It's amazing to hear a dude like Bill Burr, who we also appreciate from a different art form, you know, it's totally like a crossover yeah. episode. Yeah, a crossover. Yeah, exactly. it's, it, it is. But I, I, it's just crazy to think that it is possible for our love and passion to cross with another love and passion art form. Yeah, comedy is my art. second. Yeah. Music first, comedy second, probably. And, and dude, that, that's like way, for that dude to be, and and it's because he's a drummer that he can appreciate it. He got the software download, dude. And <laughs> fucking, and Meshuga fucking broke it through. Like the, that, that is a song that you really want to pay attention to when, sorry, shout out Jedi grind, AKA yeah. Murray Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Don't, don't listen to this. Don't, don't watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, press pause real quick. Go get a drink. <laughs> Dude, I, I was gonna yeah. say the the, the Bilber thing reminds me of um. There's this uh, clip where you know Fred Armisen. He's like a comedian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actor, yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, he. Um, yeah. I, I I didn't know he played drums at the time, but I remember there's a clip where he's on some kind of like I'm I'm vaguely remembering it, but it's like he's on some kind of morning talk show or something, and they give him a there's a point in the show where they're like like is there anything you want to tell people about? Just something random, like just shout out whatever you want. And he's like, yeah, I want to tell people about this drummer named Zach Hill. It's like, he's this insane drummer that plays in a band called Hella. And he's Hella. like, he's like the craziest drummer. It's, he plays a death grip, some more people know him. But it's like, 
at the time, it's like, imagine just your favorite obscure, like, math rock drummer, and he's just on TV, like, I want to talk to you about Zach Hill. He's like, what the fuck? Like, you weren't even, nobody even asked about drums, and here he is, like, shouting out this random super sick guy. It's like 1-800-GHOST cool Dance, dude. That's my favorite hello dude, song yeah. right there, dude. 1-800-GHOST <laughs> Dance, dude. Damn, it literally and watching him play it it blows your mind and yes i i am gonna second this Zach oh we got rated <laughs> shit <laughs> all right so while we got rated though i want to i want to show no 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 i want to show the i want to stay in the weeds with fred for a second i know leave that just for a second but fred armison actually i just want to add to that he did a special at great american music hall of all yeah naveen was there and you could not get into the uh club unless you prove that you were an actual drummer so only drummers in the crowd (laughs) so they had a a guy standing there with a snare and they'd be like play a paradiddle right now <laughs> Holy shit! I haven't heard about that. And dude, you but couldn't get in unless you could play whatever they fucking said, dude. What if you are and, a drummer, but you just like get really nervous and space out, and you mess up? Like you're not a drummer, go home. You're out. You can't go to the Fred Armisen special, dude. You you blew it, dude. You fucking yeah, blew it. <laughs> but it, what was cool about that special? I'm I'm not gonna give it away, but inside Great American Music Hall was um the history of drums set up in different drum sets and his special takes you along the history of music and drums through comedy. I'm just going to say, check it out. If you can find it, I don't even know if it's still on streaming now, but shout um, out Branton music for fucking rating us. Love you guys. Guy guy. It looks like a guy in the picture. Love you guys. Shout out. This is this right. is the the video that we're kind of this, this is the video we're kind of getting at. All right. He, he this guy that works for me put up a video. Show him the video. And it has like over a hundred thousand views. What is it? Is that you? Oh shit, that was the video. <laughs> okay, you gotta stop. Stop it. <laughs> All right, so what I was doing, the internet is amazing. So what I was doing was I was I was talking about the drummer in um oh, no, no, no. I just that that uh, that's Metallica Mashuga. Mashuga. So that song is called Bleed. It's about a, a brain hemorrhage. And I was just talking about... Um, I love that a heavy metal band called themselves Meshuggah. For those that don't know, that's yeah. a very Yiddish crazy. crazy. It's crazy in Yiddish, which is yeah. crazy in itself. That takes away the edge, of, for me, <laughs> yeah. of a metal band. But go ahead. So there was just something where it was that's like... Cool. It was a, you know, I, I don't know much about drums. But it was like, well, they play like two time signatures against each other, three against four, whatever. Whatever the hell he's playing, he was playing four on top, and underneath he was playing a different time signature with his feet that the band was locked into, but the crowd was locked into what he was doing with his hands. Mm. It was the sickest thing I had ever seen, and it still grooved, and people could still intellectually wrap their head around it because he had that four four pulse on top. Um, and then might the, as well be talking yeah, aviation and then, to and me. And because... then the singer was singing in four. It was it was it was it was amazing. I don't and what was crew. this was so cool was I went to that show. Um, Dave Elich, 
uh, amazing drummer, incredible drum teacher. And uh, he's going, dude, you got to see these guys. You got to see That's what I was thinking of. Uh, Thomas Hockey, I always say his last name wrong, yeah. is the drummer. So I went down there and like every drummer that I loved was at that show. Cause it was like watching like David Tell comes to town and we all want to go see David Tell. This is the drumming version of it. So they were all there. And um, I remember at one point something crazy happened in a song and Danny Carey was there from Tool. It's one of my favorite drummers. And he's like super tall, right? Right. And something crazy happened where it was, they, I don't know, they lopped up an eighth note here. Something happened. You thought the whole thing was going to tumble on itself and they came out on one. And it was amazing. Right as it happened, I was like, what the fuck? And I just happened to look over at him, this giant guy, and I just saw him just go, fuck, like that. <laughs> I was just like, wow, they just blew Danny Carey's mind. That is so cool that I just saw that. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I, I didn't know until, up until that point that that's what I had really originally asked for was his take on yeah that's what I, that's what i thought i was playing in the in the original I was, I, 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 and i'm not gonna lie at some point during that i was like dude cali death podcast 2024 is just us watching other podcasts <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i know i mean bill burr talking about mashuga talking about danny Carey I, know, I, know, I, know, I know i know i know i'm, I'm against it fucking, i'm in my own head but that was still we have our own weeds to, to flourish that was still a great insight, and, and and dude, that's that's such a cool like. It's fun to watch it, right? It's like fun to hear him talk about something Tosin, like that. Seeing Tosin with other like top level shredders, and everybody's freaking out on his playing, and you're like, "Whoa, dude! Our generation is is you know making an impact and 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 impressing the forefathers of." shred heavy metal and all this kind of shit and asking questions about their style and and you're just like whoa dude like i mean i guess this really is a innovation in real time you know what i'm saying it's like, cool to see people that you wouldn't think get it get it you know right that's right. that's the main it's like seeing bill it, burr cool. explain it to people like, he, he likes it for the same reasons that we like it you know like some people right, yeah like he maybe he would just like it on a more surface level like like oh it was it was crazy it's like it sounded scary and intense you know but it's like no yeah, he's yeah. talking about the details that are like i mean totally you know, he, he, gets he understands it. it yeah exactly right. fuck yeah he speaks the language dude that's what it is it's learning another language really if you can speak if you can hear music then you can understand the language but if you really dig deeper you can actually speak it to other people too that's not me right now that's not me right now <laughs> <laughs> well fuck yeah dude we're, we're going on uh three hours kyle dude kyle i i, I awesome. still have tons of questions dude yeah, I, I, just, I, I know we say it <laughs> and we still make it happen dude but i'd love to have you back on dude anytime man. of course i'm down dude. oh yeah awesome well yeah i was Go hoping ahead. that uh you weren't you weren't yet so busy in nashville that staying up late with the cali boy no no I've, I've, been, or anything. Uh, I've been staying up late a lot anyways <laughs> it's like it's funny because uh, right now i'm I'm pretty busy in terms of like the stuff I have to get done in general, like mainly for Fallujah. Cause again, we have this like pretty intense album deadline coming up. But other than that, I mean, I, I quit my job and I moved out here. So I'm like very much not tied into specific days and times of doing things. You know, it's like, right. I've got a big to do list. Like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's I was expecting you to be in Cali because it was an eight o'clock time, but it's yeah, I remember you guys hit me like, like, you all your time. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, cool, and guys. yeah, man, I'm I'm excited for this new Fallujah record. I'm excited for digging into the archaeologist discography and mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. yeah, man, Dig hopefully uh, archaeologist. I mean, yeah. couldn't have said it better myself. Also, see, you mentioned. Something we always blow it on, but uh, so you have a Patreon. So, how do people get in touch with that? Yeah, it's um, I think it's just patreon.com slash archaeologist, I'm pretty sure, or if the other one is slash polluted. Yeah, literally patreon.com slash archaeologist for my kind of personal one. Again, that's small, casual thing. I just kind of give some updates, you know, on what I'm doing uh, kind of before mm -hmm. you know I'm talking about stuff publicly. And then patreon.com slash Volusia is the band one that, uh, you know, that one's like a group effort from the full band. And th that one, we uh, we go a lot more in depth in terms of like what we're offering on it. You know, like we upload guitar tabs. We put all our playthroughs and videos and stuff there first. We give like sneak peeks of stuff. Uh, like every month we have a, uh, a meeting in like the, the Discord group we have for our Patreon. So anybody that's subscribed, you know, on any tier, they can join these meetings, just hang out with us once a month nice. and i'm um, on the last one we uh we usually don't spoil this much stuff but i think we're just all excited about the new album we're working on we like spoiled the album artwork we picked out we spoiled uh like basically the whole intro track in the demo form you know we're like just fuck it you guys are all here like <laughs> in the yeah. kind of inner circle hanging out like we're just <laughs> like stuff we wouldn't normally share at this stage we're, we're like whatever it's fun let's just share it i'm signing up for your patreon right now boom <laughs> New patron right there, dude. Damn. Thank you, man. Oh, two-factor yeah. authentication, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you, you tried, dude. It's cool. You tried. No, no, I'm still going to It's just about the counts. I, I love I'm I'm in the world of internet security, so I actually appreciate it. Because, yeah. Dude, you like could, oh, this, this ain't no thing. thing. You could use that excuse for anything. You're like, sorry, Mr. Wedding, bro. It's two-factor authentication, you know? Just... <laughs> I got two sharp <laughs> at, the, at, the, at the fucking, when you pulled up, it's like, ah, oh, two-factor, dude. What's up? Yeah. Got a, there's a piece of mail we're sending you back home. Can you go grab it? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's awesome. No, I want to check it out. You got the bottle sick. <laughs> I know, bro. Right? Uh, do you remember when you gave me that when I picked up the drums from the tour? I, I do remember that, yep. He got me a couple shirts in the oh, yeah. bottle. Like, Dude, and th thank you for uh, helping us out multiple times too, like the practice space and drum stuff when we're like a, a day away from tour and not like having our shit together. <laughs> You've helped us out. Was, thank you. That was uh, I was I was stoked, and it was fun to go to that uh, bomb shelter rehearsal and then come home and then watch on uh, Scott's Twitch, watch Aaron just shredding my drums like. 30 minutes after i was there setting him up and i was like right yeah i can see why he got the gig dude so yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but yeah man fucking i'll try to uh roll through nashville one of these days and otherwise i'm sure you'll be back in cali for shows and stuff i mean you guys with the, the exodus the it's making me more and more want to go visit nashville and see what's going on over there yeah hit, hit, hit. you guys are ever around here for any reason. I know, are you guys gonna yeah, really gotta... steal all of us? We're, we're probably gonna end up moving there at some point. It's... Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'm, it's, I'm curious enough. With all, like I said, we call it the, the exodus. It is true. There's 
enough people now where we're starting to be like, Hey, what's going on over there? You know, <laughs> I want to know. I want to know. I, I get and they all showed up when I could finally afford to live here. Like they all show up now. <laughs> like I've been working for almost like four decades. And, and finally, like, I'm like, fuck yeah, I got, I can survive here. And everyone's like, oh, we're, we're leaving. I'm like, cool, dude. Well, I'm you, glad I tried so up. hard. That was tight. <laughs> you show up and everybody's like, all right, I'm not take leaving. your clothes off. We're all having an orgy now. Put on a mask, <laughs> a slipknot mask. And, uh, <laughs> Get up uh, in this, and then you leave home, and you're like, wait, that orgy inspired me to make a new album. And then you're like, wait, <laughs> this is what it is, dude. Nashville is just getting into us through sex, dude. Or to All listen right. to Blue Monday. That's an orgy joke. But anyways. Um, <laughs> that, was sick, that was a sick orgy joke, bro. One of the best covers of all time. Blue Monday it was, by orgy. It was actually a really good cover. Is that I'm a not cover? Gonna lie. And- What's that? I thought they is that a cover? I thought they wrote it. Yeah, exactly. That's the best oh, response yeah. ever because that's how good it is. And also, uh, uh Faceless did a, a Depeche Mode song, uh, yeah, Shaking uh, the Disease. Shaking disease. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You, and I just you know what's funny? Yeah, I, I, I have a story about you, you go first, but I have a story about that song too. No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I, I was just gonna say, uh, I was I was at Scott's parents' house, um, not too long ago when he was like up in the bay and staying at their place because he lives, I mean, now we live here as of he moved here today, but like. Mm-hmm. We were at Scott's parents' house, anyways. His parents were there, and his mom was saying something like, "She's like, well, why can't you guys make music like this sort of thing, like something more that you know, <laughs> his mom and dad like?" And um, she mentioned Depeche Mode, like she was talking about music that she likes that we could like try to do. And she's like, "You guys should play a Depeche Mode song." And we're like, "Oh, like we did that, but Faceless did that. Like check this out, put on Shake the Disease by the Faceless and see if Scott's mom likes it." And we're like, "This is going to be like a crossover <laughs> moment, you know, like." Like, yeah. oh, it's that song that I know, but it's like in your guys' music. Uh-huh. We played it for like five seconds. She's like, no, turn it off. I hate it. <laughs> like, oh. You gotta show her the you gotta show her the original song first, though. You gotta show her like so she, she like, knew the original, but I think the, the growl just came and she's like, No, not yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that yeah, generation, I, I get when it. they hear a cover song, they want it to be exactly the same. Yeah, yeah, like but with a different you know? voice or something. Yeah, like uh, yeah, they want yeah. they want the singer stained to sing their song rather than like or the singer right. of a uh, Hootie the Bowfish or something something like that to have their twang on it, but not like yeah. you know, like to for With a fucking and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought I mean that's literally up there, orgy and faceless are up there with my favorite covers because okay. they took they took it some you know people like you didn't know it was a cover you know it's like i, I and, yeah, yeah. Still and that's like their most you. famous song if you go to spotify and look up orgy it's going to be blue monday number one and then it's going to be a couple other songs they wrote that like have like a quarter of the listens <laughs> you know it's like it's the only orgy yeah. song i know exactly exactly and and sometimes those, those bands like take a chance to try i mean or uh faceless is a bigger chance like they like they blast beat and make it black metal you know which is kind of at the time what depeche mode was it's kind of like black metal for that generation of kind of like techno pop dark synth stuff that's what it was you know people were like going like all our cult listen to rolling stones hate you now if they stuck around for three hours like, I mean, the Rolling Stones are like, uh, whatever, you know, but like hearing Depeche Mode at the time, they're like, oh, this is black metal to them. This is that was yeah, black it's metal. dark. It's, it's not yeah. fun. It's like, exactly. Yeah. It's like me making people face 
they're fucking demons or i don't know I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the dark it's not like oh you can't always get what you want it's like dude remember that time when you got fucked over and sucked <laughs> I, was, I was attributed the blue monday orgy thing to like the sweet dreams marilyn manson thing oh well, we, yeah we knew where that came from that though. that that's what got marilyn it's manson similar though map. similar yeah. yeah going off of somebody all right, just, all right. yeah we love you guys Happy I love you here. guys. I have, I have to piss so bad. And and no one's... Yeah, we go. Thank you, Kyle. Damn. But no, uh, but... No, I don't agree. 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 Oh, my God.